Welcome back to the Pixel Den, everyone. Seabass, aka Sebastian. I did, I did that in reverse, but go with it, folks. And I'm also here with Dan. Did you just say your name twice? No. So I did Seabass. What kind of sociopathic shit is that? Like, hey guys. Listen, man. My name I'm is a little Dan, but it's no, it's Daniel. Wait, what's my name? No, I'm. Hey, man. I'm a little upset because here we go. He's right. Yesterday was the Emmys, and for those of you that don't know, I was actually nominated for an Emmy. Big achievement. Pat myself on the back. Sadly, uh, someone had to lose to Vice. Well, we lost in New York Times, actually. I mean, listen. If you're gonna lose to anyone, it better be the. Times. I've been hearing that Dan all day, and it's like <laughs> I get it. I get it. I get it. Okay. I mean. Uh, <laughs> not to not to throw us salt, but I think I mean yeah, ooh, they're like, ooh, yeah, we won an Emmy, yay, yay, whatever. The amount of like Pulitzer prizes they win every year is it's like they don't need one, okay? They don't need one, and we are canceling our New York Times subscription for no related reason. Ah, I just reupped it. <laughs> they were giving me a buck a week. It was great. It was a great price. <laughs> oh my god! But uh, hey, man, what's going on? What's uh, what's new? The weather is getting a little more chilly. Oh, it's ho- and dude, okay. I... Ma- all right, listen, tropical person. Okay, I am not. Cold blooded. You are equator people. <laughs> I, this is not. I'm my Arctic way. tundra people. <laughs> so this you're just is my like, time. Yes. We had your time. Yes. We had the heat wave for three weeks. Okay. And my electric bill loved it. <laughs> but now it's my time. Now it's your time to mm-hmm. shine. But I get out the hoodies. Yeah. My son gets to wear a hoodie for the first time this year. It's great. <laughs> His godfather went and bought him like a shit ton of hoodies, and we're all excited about it. Fashion time for the baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But other than that, what shows have you been watching? What anything catch your eye recently? Uh, what have I been? watching yes i started of course because i mean it's no surprise to the listeners that i'm a big star wars fan so i started and or how is it i have yet to do it but i'm gonna start because i have two weeks off before i start my new gig so mm-hmm. what do you do when you have time to kill you watch tv tv yeah how is it okay so i dig it a lot because they're changing the formula and the style so it's funny you say that because i hate that you know so many articles are like built on a new show and like they yeah. oftentimes spoil it. So mm-hmm. I have to be careful with what I read. Right. They were comparing the fact that The Last Jedi tried something similar where they break from the Star Wars lore. I'm not saying it's similar to Andor. I'm just saying what it read. Is I, that kind of, it's basically you're trying to go away from the tried and true Star Wars formula. Yes and no. I think this, there's still elements. Well, I mean, it's Star Wars. Right? It's Star Wars, of course. But yeah. this one, I think, had a lot going for it because it didn't have to course correct anything. Right, but so, when, when's it set? Set right. So it's uh, take. It takes place obviously before Rogue One, I think. Right. Yes, it takes place five years before Rogue One. So a I lot of us sto- hardcore Star Wars Lord nerds. So the Nerd. first like thirty seconds of the show, they give you a dateline, like it kicks on to like it shows and or and every Star Wars fans knows that knows that dateline date because <laughs> it's called BBY. So it's five BBY, mm-hmm. and BBY means before the Battle of Yevon, which is the first. So in All New Hope, when the Death Star shows up and yeah. they and like all the X wings go and they save the day and like mm-hmm. the Yahoo scene with Harrison Ford yeah that's Yevon mm-hmm. so that's how they've always like did their you know their BC yeah, and their yeah. AD is they they base the entire calendar for lore purposes before or after that battle okay okay so to give you a general idea Rogue One takes place like a week before that yeah it makes sense if you've watched the movie yeah, yeah. it's mm-hmm. about a week before that Andor takes place five years before that battle gotcha so this is five years before Luke and Leia and Han meet each other and go on their adventures yeah okay I saw a ton of articles come out like showing like, okay, hey, for you you people, this is what that meant. Like the BBY and all of us like fucking nerds in the corner are like, shut the fuck up. Sit down. We know what this is. <laughs> all right. So like, don't you, don't you Star Wars explain to me. Okay. Instead of mansplaining, it's Star Wars. Yes. Planning. Okay. <laughs> 
Star Wars is neutral in all forms. But anyway. So, yeah. So, it does that. So, it doesn't have to do any course correcting like the sequel trilogy. It's its own original story, right? My gripe is the first two episodes, nothing really happens. Uh-huh. And then it goes. Like, yeah. it, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not talking about the, the plot of the show, but like the first two episodes, I remember the acting carries it. The casting's amazing. Mm-hmm. I like Diego Luna. Oh, he's um, amazing. At it. Like, yeah, he was, I, I think he was an awesome pick for Rogue One, and I love that they gave him It's a, funny. A what I'm kind of curious, like, what went to the thinking of like, let's make a show based on this one character in the spin-off movie. Well, because in Rogue One, he's an interesting character because Rogue One, he's he's killing people. Yeah. Like, he straight up kills a guy the first time you see him. Yeah. You know, he's about to go and kill Jane Orso's father. Like, he's about to snipe him. He's going to assassinate him. Mm-hmm. This is a Star Wars, and they're talking about assassinations. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Now, he doesn't. He, you know, he, he helps, and he helps the Actually, kid. now that I think about it, I shouldn't be surprised because they just made it's Boba a, Fett and, Yeah, you know. but it's like he's an interesting character. Yeah. Like, yeah. he's an original like this isn't something they're they're pulling from like the old Star Wars movies. Like he's an original character. People liked him. You know the actor's really good. It was casted really well. And also too, you know you can play the modern era card, but it's like okay, here's a, a Latino mm-hmm. who's starring in a Star Wars show. What's up? <laughs> it's a Disney show. Yeah. And a Latino is starring in it. Yeah. It's uh, fucking named after his character. Who would have thunk it? I think that's awesome. Like, it's like, <laughs> this is like what people, yeah. now this isn't like, you know, getting into like kind of the woke stuff, which it's not. Yeah, no. It doesn't do that, but it's very much, that's why I like it because you're not getting the vibe, you're not getting, oh, their Disney's just giving a Latino a show to shut them like up. Like a hand me out. It's like, well, we got a, you know, it's a we Hispanic Heritage box. Month. Yeah, we have to check which, that by the box. Way, yes. Ironically. <laughs> um, but that's what I like about it is that it, you could tell that that was not the case. They're like, no, this is a really really good character like we can do a lot with this yes we know what his fate is at the end of rogue one but there's still with the obi-wan show that's supposed to show you like the first month of like the rebellion as an infant like it's not even taken this is the rebellion starting to start up mm-hmm. and he bumps into it yeah you know that's as far as i'm going with the story yeah because yeah, i'll watch it but uh, it's absolutely a great watch my only problem was like the first two episodes i finished watching it and i'm like the fuck like nothing happened for two episodes yeah. but kind of in the same room what i did start watching mm-hmm. which you need to start watching this okay like fuck homework you need to watch this tell me cyberpunk netrunners I've heard great things. Where the fuck did this come from? Whole, dude, out of fucking nowhere. Okay. So what's crazy is it's making everyone going back to play yes, Cyberpunk. Yes, fucking... <laughs> did you, are you playing re- it right now? No, but it's reinstalled, okay? Ah. So for the listeners, oh, that's Cyberpunk so funny. is a... Just a quick five-second pitch of what Cyberpunk is. It's a massive, very popular tabletop RPG system and kind of a mythos. Cyberpunk, you know, it was based off of Neuromancer and kind of Matrix and Ghost in the Shell stuff. They make a video game. The creators of Witcher make it and it bombs. A lot of bugs. They speed it. There's a million reasons. Look it up on the internet why it happened. My view was, even without the bugs, was a mid-open world game. But not the, But I don't think it required the company's stock to drop or death threats. Like, no. It's a game. Well, that, that goes back to our conversation we had in the last episode. Exactly. Like fan base. That's the fan base. Going just too overboard. And with this game, right? And then now, it's been a few years since it's come out. And I then, think it came out right before the pandemic or within um, the pandemic year? It was definitely during the pandemic yeah it I came remember, out yeah. i remember playing it it was right before i played I, it with all the warts and whatnot. i know on a ps4 <laughs> on a good PS4. for you i did it I... on a ps see the thing is i also did not get a lot of the crazy bugs that everyone was getting but i was also running on a ps5 neither was i because i saw some of the bugs online and, uh, and the bugs happened they, yeah, they were like, real like but... you're, you're in the middle of a car like yeah. you do the t-pose the i never got t-pose. that i never got that i either. got like some where like the quest didn't complete or the game i just got a lot of crashes yeah the, the quest not complete i got a lot and i was really Really, that really sucks. Um, 
So the game kind of cools. Then they announce they're doing a big DLC package for it. Then all of a sudden, Netflix is like, oh yeah, we have an anime out. It's called Netrunners. Okay. And then all of a sudden, people started watching Which it. Which they didn't mention in the video game. Yeah. There's a whole s- subclass of them. Netrunners are essentially like hackers. Yeah, that's right? essentially what yeah. a Netrunner is in the cyberpunk mythos. Is It's like, yeah, so where everyone's like augmented and these guys are just like badass hackers. So I saw... So there's a uh, YouTuber I follow whose name, uh, his channel is called Gigok, but his name is Gaunt. He's a, a British anime YouTuber. He does really amazing, quick reviews, but he does them really elegantly. And he's really funny. So he does it, you know, he kind of gives these criticisms and these reviews and the and his opinions on anime and anime culture. But he's well-read, he's very articulate, and it's mm-hmm. a very well-produced and edited channel. So definitely give him a shot. And he's also around our age, which is great. Yeah. Um, which the older I get, the more I'm... <laughs> find that very important and it has nothing to go with oh the fucking zoomer generation no, none of that no, shit it's just, it's just very much like relatability I'm 35 years old I really it's a little weird for me to just sit and watch 15 hours of a 21 year old on YouTube like it's yeah. a little weird so anyway he was talking about Netrunners and I'm like and he was like it's on Netflix right yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's definitely on Netflix to 10 episode run short episodes too right 20-30 minutes yeah the first episode, oh, I was like, oh, I'm fucking in, man. The, yeah. the animation, the writing, they do some great stuff with the characters. And like, it's only 10 episodes. And I, even after like three or four episodes, I feel like attached to like sub like minor characters yeah. of the show. Yeah. There's it's, parts- it's weird because what happens is people meme the shit out of a popular show. Yeah. And for some reason, that show in particular is being memed. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah, and but it's really good, and there's also like it doesn't help. Actually, no, sorry, it does help. There's a fucking drought of like really good anime right now. Uh huh. I mean, there are good anime. People, please be nice to me. But there's. Have you checked out Arcane? Yes, Arcane was very good. Okay. Um, maybe Arcane is worth all the praise it gets. I don't play League of Legends. I yeah. have. I just can't play MOBAs anymore. But that was a really well-written and animated I, show. I wonder if Netflix... So Netflix lately has been churning out animes from both local... That's the big subject right and, now, is are and, they just going to do this for video games now? And, like, ironically, everyone's like, the fucking animes are becoming better, better than the than games. Better than video games, yeah. Oh, and man. I'm cool with that. Shit. I'm like, this... Like, Arcane, I really liked. It's a bankable idea if you think about it, because, look, you already have a built-in audience from the games, and then you have anime fans that are just looking for something they're also different. like doing it right they're throwing these they're throwing these ips at seasoned anime production studios they're not throwing this at like three so guys in, in the basement it, so people are like okay they're throwing this at studios that have a backlog where they're like no the stuff we have we come up with solid stuff even if people don't like it mm-hmm. it's edited well it's, it's not like the, the studio that made the video game is also doing right. the anime they're handing out to people that they're know bring- what they're doing exactly and that includes writers that includes the oh. anime style yep yeah uh, people who understand and appreciate and have a passion for anime that's who you give it to yeah so yeah so I'll definitely check out Ed- definitely Netrunners or Edge Runners. What is it called? Uh, it's Netrunners, I believe. Netrunners, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was super curious. Sorry, I'm cause... sorry. Wow, I'm a fucking idiot. It is Edge Runners. Oh, sorry guys. But the characters are Netrunners. Yes, yes. So honest mistake, folks. Okay, sorry, come sorry, on. Sorry. No, I'll definitely check that out. Okay, cool. One show I've finished, and I finished this, believe it or not, in like three days. Oh, Severance. 
on Apple TV. Yes, I gotta burn through that. I was always curious. I about actually that. that I was no shit going to start watching that, but then I was like, let me give this cyberpunk a thing, a this thing a go. And it's also and, you banged that out in what like two two nights. Yeah, and yeah. that's with me with like my schedule. Yeah, I was able luckily to burn those and those episodes sure too. I literally sat on that couch right yeah. there, the dog chilling right where she is right now, and I just had the TV blasted and just like sitting there like, <laughs> yo, bro, jack me in. I, I, I need. And then you, re- I just think it's so funny. You're like, maybe I should play cyberpunk the game again. <laughs> No shit. The next day I went home and I'm also going through, I'm running through God of War right now. You think the creators of that game are just like, yes. Oh, it already, it's already back. out there. We're back, baby. It's already, it's already the number one selling game yeah. on Steam again. Yeah, like, so funny. Now, mind you, that game, they made stupid money on. Even though yeah. all the bad reviews, they made, like, I mean, they were giving out refunds. So, whoo. Yeah, I mean, uh, good for them. But anyway, Severance. I'm late to the game because this show came out, I think, like yeah, last year. Or something I'm like hearing that. a lot of people talk and about every, it. Yeah. And everyone that I knew that I respected their opinions was like, you got to watch it, so you got to watch it, so. And I was like, okay, okay. But then obviously, as things happen, you get lost in the ethos of other shows and you forget what people recommended to you and all that other stuff, blah, blah, blah. So then I was like, okay, I'm going to finally sit down and watch Severance. Wow. Like I, as you as you like to say, you know what? Give me weird, Dan. This is fucking weird, <laughs> <laughs> but in a good way, in a well written and a very. I'll give you the premise of this show. So essentially, you know how everyone you're like, you wish you could separate your work from your home life. Mm-hmm. Well, in this world of severance, you go through a procedure where you're essentially when you go to work, your memories of your home are completely erased. You don't know anything outside of the work life. Mm-hmm. All the memories you're built in are created from day one when you start your work. Like you meet your coworkers, you know, and blah, blah, okay. blah. And then as soon as you leave the workplace. Does the flip? It does the flip. You're, you're back. You don't know what happened at work at all. Oh, shit can get weird, man. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So okay. so in this world, basically you go through procedure. How it, does that work? Like you show up to work and you hook up with the hot, the hot secretary and it turns you out know. you got like 30 you kids at know. home. You don't know. Oh, I and, did that shit. And, oh, I did this yeah, already. Yeah, I got to check you, this man. out. Okay. And, and the, a clever thing too is like this company, you leave at different times. So you don't run into each other outside of that. Work. Okay. 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 I don't want to give no, more that's details. Good. I'm already on it. I'm already yeah. on it. So like no joke. So, that was on my list. And I was like, all right, let's start severance. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, wait a minute. You know. And let me tell you, Dan, the pilot was one of the best pilots I've seen in a long time. Wow. I'll, I'll, I'll give it that much praise because I love the introduction of the world, mm-hmm. the uniqueness of that idea that I just mentioned. And also the acting. And of course, I think a good pilot ends on a great little cliffhanger or like a twist. Well, yeah. I mean, Mad Men did that. Mad like, Men. It was I'm, like the twist is, is that you one of find the best out, ever. You find out that he's he has married a family, at yeah. home. And yeah. you're like, holy shit. It's like this like, womanizing. I sleep with other girls. You're like, this, this is my guy, shot. bro. I want to be I him. I got two kids and a wife. You and you're like, whoa. Like, it's like, and, the, and the title of the pilot is Smoke in Their Eyes, which is like perfectly I got you. you know, I got so you. yeah, I finished that in like two nights. They're about 45 to 55 minutes long. So I, I imagine you'll take like two at a time or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, I can't do Whatever. it a day. But yeah, I can burn. Yeah, you can burn too. through that. Highly recommend Dan. Ben Stiller directed most of the episodes. See, he's an underrated director. Yes. I think people get caught up in his like, you know, his, his movies. Career, which is and, a solid career. He's got but... a career and he's made a lot of funny movies, but he's also a good storyteller and he understands nuances. Yeah. And obviously this show has comedic elements but it's mostly like a serious type of series dark comedy i see i love dark comedy. you know dark that's, comedy that's, that's, i would say yeah. it but it's also a metaphor on like the current work life mm-hmm. and you know like just adjusting to coming over a trauma and like it's all these elements and it's so well done so well acted too adam scott are you, are you familiar with yep. adam scott party mm-hmm. down yep. parks and rec very funny guy this is he's in a more serious nuanced role here mm-hmm. but he kills it 
Yeah. He kills it too. Yeah. I got and the female lead who no one knows about, I knew her from a show called Man Seeking Woman. I don't know if anyone has ever no, seen that show. Fuck. Christ. <laughs> uh, on oh. FX. But she was great in that. And so I knew she could pull it off. And But she's phenomenal in that. John Turturro. Uh, in everything. In everything, basically. <laughs> he's like, in there. Yeah. There's another old savvy actor there. I don't want to spoil it for you, but he's in there. Okay. And you're gonna when he shows up, you're going to be like, oh, yeah. Okay. So he interacts with John Turturro a lot. And then Patricia Arquette is in there, too. And she, like, kills it at, in her role. I won't tell her what she does there. But it is well acted, extremely well written. And the season ends on a cliffhanger that when is season two getting uh-huh. <laughs> That's what I... That's what I uh, gotcha, gotcha. Uh, I'm so, definitely... It's on my, uh, my queue. I just... Yeah. Uh, I'm yeah. Gonna, I gave everyone here the listen to premise, so you should definitely check it out if mm-hmm. you haven't already. I know it's been a year since it's already been yeah, out, so people have already watched but it. But that's the thing with television shows now is that the big premieres no longer dictates if the show is going to be successful. Exactly. Because people do get to shows later on now. Yeah. It'll always be there because, like, you obviously, you know, we all can't watch multiple, at least in my... I'm finding it harder and harder. Like, there's so many shows I'm burning through right now that are just coming out weekly now that it's hard for me to keep up, you know? It's... Yeah, because, like, you want to be able to watch it on your time and, like... Like when you can just sit your down, time never shows your up. time never yeah. shows up, and then by the time you really want to watch one show, you hear about something else, and then you and then your watch, backlog is building, backlog is, your like, queue is yeah. building, everything builds up, and you're like, damn, I missed it out. So well, that's why I kind of understand and sympathize with people that like just won't watch shows, like especially yeah. like I know like when Game of Thrones was at its peak, I knew people who were like not watching it, yeah, and I'm like, oh, you would love it, and like nope. Because they do not want to get into like the part of them doesn't want to get into the hype, and a lot of them like feel the pr- there's like gen like people are talking about now. There's genuine anxiety with keeping up with shows, yeah, because there's so much of it. But it's also there's a big group think with certain things. Because when there's always a show everyone's into, yeah, at any given time there'll be that one show mm-hmm. most people are talking. Now then then there's scales of that. Like Game of Thrones, everyone was fucking watching that show. But then there are shows like Severance where it's kind of like oh, okay, first it's Apple TV, right? That came Apple TV. Yeah. So Apple TV kind of it's like oh, okay, not many people really watch the stuff from yeah. them. But they then, don't have it. Yeah, you know? yes, yeah, a lot of people just don't have it. But there's a lot of I know people who just like yeah, I just I I don't I can't even keep up, so I don't even bother yeah it's like obviously everyone was so hyped about the new lord of ring show i haven't touched that with the 10 foot pole yet because mm-hmm. like i'm already watching house of dragon to me watching two shows i was... it's like i'm watching olympus has fallen and uh what's that other one that came out that's exactly the same movie <sighs> i forget but white yeah ha- it, white house down white house down thank you Dan. <laughs> like, i didn't even have to google that shit that's how bad it's my movie no they are <laughs> well that's my thing is like I made that mistake of doing, I mean, it's not a mistake. I mean, we're an entertainment podcast. I got to yeah. watch it, right? So I was, because Game of Thrones, I think Lord of the Rings came out the same week or like a week apart. Or you're like maybe like second episode uh, yeah. of House of Dragon and then Lord and of the Rings came out. I had to take a break from Game of Thrones because also too, and I've talked about this in the past, I have such Game of Thrones fatigue that I'm not sure if it's ever going to go away. And I liked what they were doing with it, but I'm like, all right, I need a break. But I'm also doing Lord of the Rings. So I'm like doing two fantasy things at once. Now I have a rule. So I read about two to three books at a time. Mm -hmm. I usually go through about a book a week. And, but my rules are with that is they can never be of the same genre. So right now I'm reading a science fiction space opera. So it's a heavy thing. And the other book that I'm reading is a fantasy story. And then I'm reading a nonfiction book. I will not do two fantasies at the same time or two sci-fis at the same time yeah. or three biographies at the same time. Yeah. Won't do it. I could. I've done it in the past. I don't like because it to me, they start. It's it, it kind of takes a lot of the excitement out of reading those genres yeah. out. It's kind of like because I imagine fatigue. there'd be similar themes. similar. Yeah. Or they're like they're doing something different. You know, it's like, oh. 
this one kind of did I call it like or here's a little thing like then you'd never be comparing contrast yeah, right like, then you're like I favor so this if I'm reading more, two sci-fi yeah. books that mm-hmm. have light speed in it and I'm like oh this one calls it warp speed and they use some weird device to do it but this one just has a motor and that just makes more sense and it's like well I can't now you know so it just in my head starts yeah, to spiral it, it, and I'm yeah, yeah it just blends so it's together, the same yeah. thing with TV shows I've learned like I kind of so I'm like all right let me take a break on Game of Thrones mm-hmm. let me focus on Lord of the Rings uh, that's that'll be my fantasy you know and then I had the cyberpunk right there's my sci-fi you know and then I'm you know but then it's like all right I'm kind of doing Wars, to, uh, yeah. yeah but then I got my uh, Welcome to Wrexham, which I'm watching. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I have to, I have to, I have to catch up on that too. Uh, uh, I have some like I'm not loving it. I was kind of hoping it'd be something different. Okay. I like that it's really showing a good appreciation for football because that's not something for that's those really that done. don't appreciate football. Let's be honest. Because I mean, we're in the states. It's, Most it's, people don't. It's broadcasting on FX here in the states, and America's relationship with football is. Little to none, Little it's to lukewarm. None. Yeah, and like we all come from European football, not American football. football you know, football. not you know, soccer, whatever, football. whatever. The one where they use they kick the ball at the feet, um, <laughs> where it's actual. But like <laughs> our families, like come from countries that that is a major thing, major thing. And it's like I grew up watching my best friend's dad watch play Veta Bacha and Galatasaray. Now those are fucking games, right? It's like it's funny. So I watch that stuff. And so the atmosphere on the stadiums is awesome. Quick anecdote of a friend of mine: he when he went to Turkey, told me that his family is a big uh, Vedabacha fan. Mm-hmm. They're big Vedabacha, which for people who don't know what, Vedabacha, there's two major premier leagues in Turkey. It's Vedabacha and Galatasaray. And it's kind of like Yankees or Mets, bro. <laughs> but, yep. the, the, but your safety with Yankees or Mets are American League, bro. National League. Do they play in the same stadium? The yes. Stadiums? No, they don't play in the same stadium, but they do play each other. They do play each other. Because it's one league. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and he said he's like it's like Barcelona Real Madrid in Spain. It's, it's exactly like, it's, that, it's, you know, Arsenal like versus, uh, you know, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's it's when you get into those things. So anyway, it shows a really good appreciation to how like a local sports team truly does affect the town. Oh yeah, for sure. And that's not something we have here. Like mm-hmm. we don't have that here. Like people, like yeah, you know, oh, you know, it's like we're you know, podcasts are listening. Yeah, we are from I, New imagine, York. I imagine like maybe the closest thing would probably be like baseball. But even like, then, it's like, like a small football. Team you know, in Texas. it's I don't know. Like yeah, it's you see it with college football. Yeah, how that affects the towns, like yeah. these little towns where they're they talking shut, about they it. Down they shut down the whole town yeah. for it. But on like the national level, it's not really no. to that degree. So that's where Welcome to Wrexham's good. I would have liked it a little. I would have liked it more, essentially about the celebrities who, but like them running the business and that. Like, but it's more about the fandom. Yeah, and they're not poking fun at the fandom. They're showing appreciation to it mm-hmm. and how why is it, why it's important. Yeah, but I kind of wanted a different kind of documentary. I kind of because I'm big into how like people run businesses mm-hmm. and like how things run. Um, I mean, that's what essentially what I do for a living. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. um, so I'm very interested in like, okay, so when you hear like prime example, uh, Mr. Beast right now is doing a big run of like podcasts right now. I listen to like a ton of Mr. Beast things, you know, and I mean, listen, we're on YouTube, so you got to know the master, right? You got to know how he's doing it. But then there was a podcast with his business manager and it was on like a little nothing channel. And that's the guy I want to hear. Yeah. This is the guy who's like, all right, Mr. Mr. Beast is like, oh, here we go. I'll give you a million dollars. Behind the face, there's a team. He's of the people. idea. Yeah. yeah. Mr. Beast is the ideas man. He's, you know, the face of the business. You know, he he's the one who brings that energy. And I know he gets a lot of flack, but after listening to about maybe 10 hours of podcasts and YouTubes, uh, Mr. Beast, that guy's like the shit. Like, yeah. he's like someone who you get, he got unlimited power, <laughs> but he's using it for good, right? Yeah. I remember one time he recreated 
Squid Game. The Squid that's, Game. that's the one everyone knows him from. Yeah, yeah he spent like, like almost insane like to set up those sets. Almost and four million for a pod. Yeah, but so I was listening to his business manager, and it was like really wild to hear this guy who was around his age. He was only maybe a little bit older. He, like he's still a kid. Yeah, and he's like, yeah, he's like, we he wants to do these things, and we got to make sure he can still do them. You yeah. know, you'll run out of money. You know, and it's not just money. It's like the resources and how to run these businesses yeah. and how to make sure you don't get sued. Yeah. And because here's the thing. I could walk around and give food to everybody. I can just give you a f- uncooked turkey. Here you go. You know, I can give you a million. I can give out a million of those for free on Thanksgiving. Someone's going to sue me because someone's going to cook that turkey and get sick. And now it's my fault because I gave it to them. All right. Now I'm not saying that's to stop me from donating, but now it's, it's like it's the little things. Yeah. And now how do you protect Mr. Beast from that? Mm-hmm. You got to protect him from himself. And like, how do you run a behemoth of a business like that when you're 25? You know, it's like, all right, cool. Jesus, he's 25. I think I'm even. I know he's under 30. Oh like, my god. But anyway, so it. So I was always very interested in how they run the businesses. Yeah. On the back end, so that was. So maybe uh, welcome to Wrexham. Didn't really show that. Yeah, it doesn't really show that part. Um, Because actually running a football team is a lot of work. It's a shit ton of work. Played football simulator, bro. I know how to do it. Okay. Everyone's played FIFA Madden. Like, yeah. (laughs) I played the football manager. Okay. (laughs) But yeah, so I was kind of hoping it'd be more of that. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it is definitely not a bad docuseries. You've watched Moneyball, right? The movie with Brad Pitt? Mm -hmm. Yeah. That That is very much like that. It's like like, you like that stuff. I want to, like, all right, cool. You know, it's listen, I know how an athlete becomes a god at what they do dedication time and talent yeah like you get those three things in there they're gonna be god Mm -hmm. you know lebron james for better or for worse he is the first one on the court and the last one to leave every day and it shows yeah you know michael jordan was a god but what happened he just was more dedicated than everyone else he just never stopped thinking about that that's what you really see in the last dance too like he wanted it more More than than anybody and i always thought that was a trope until you really start doing things and he may have rubbed people the wrong way because of his that and he was the goat and but he (laughs) he won his six championships speak for himself but it's like you see that on everything like mr beast he even said he's like for 10 years he just watched youtube videos Mm -hmm. he has never seen movies he doesn't watch tv he barely listens to music like that is just been his focus and it's like yeah you're gonna be the master at whatever if whatever that is if you put that much dedication into yeah. it like i always say it it's one thing to be at the top it's another thing to stay at the top yeah. you know mm-hmm. like you have to continuously in terms of mr beast you have to continuously make ideas and you have to make sure you're separating yourself from other youtube creators make sure your audience is still being built up like that takes work and it takes a team actually you know people think like oh it's just like him and, and other stuff no it's an entire team that does it and you know to continuously stay on the top is why they're the best why they are still going strong because he's been around for how long, Mr. Beast? Like a couple years now? A while. A while uh, I mean, now? it's, it's, I mean, well, he started, I think, when he was like a kid. Like he was like 13 and he jumped on YouTube. So mm-hmm. he's been on, so that's the thing is he started so young, but he's been in the game. He's been the longer game than for, most people. For, for a while, yeah. But it's like, even just like not just the Mr. Beast stuff and like the super athletes, it's like you get this with marathon runners. You know, you get this with, you know, honestly, if you think about it, like comedians too. Like there's a reason why Dave Chappelle is considered the GOAT. Mm-hmm. Or I think Dave Chappelle's amazing. I think Chris Rock is funnier, but that's a totally different story. Mm-hmm. But oh, oh yeah, picking yeah, real, real. Oh yeah, Chris Rock is really good at comedy. No fucking shit. Right? I am aware of like with that, you know. It's controversial take. Yeah, man. I know, real controversial. You know, it's like yeah, I don't know. Coke fucking sucks. Pepsi's pretty good. It's like well, they're both good. Like whatever. But they dedicated. You know, when you hear like oh, I dedicated to my life. No, 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 no. What you have to do to get to yeah. that level, the know, sacrifice. It's the... like you know, there's no vacations. There's no like you're missing Christmas. Like this is your whole life. Yeah. 
kudos to them, man. And hey, even us doing this podcast now, it's just the two of us. And like, it takes work to get this stuff done, right? It's, you know, scheduling. Oh, even before this, like I had nothing but respect for like Twitch streamers. Yeah. And YouTubers, like that has always been something I even I knew like before we started doing this and like, you know, I dabbled in other media stuff and you were in the media industry. So Mm -hmm. we kind of generally knew what we were getting. Yeah, it's not like we were like going into it blind. Like, you know, you had an idea of the equipment. I had an idea of how to like structure the episodes because we you and I talked about it, too. Like, I think people what they have a tendency to do is they rush right into it. It's like, all right, let's get the mic. Let's get going and go. Like, here's the thing is like with success stories, you never hear like like Joe Rogan did 100 podcasts before he was known. Yeah. He did a hundred episodes before anyone yeah. really knew who he like. Yeah, people know who Joe you, Rogan you, you was. You kind of have to figure out. I wouldn't call it a formula, but you have to kind of figure out like what works in terms of the process of getting it done. You know, like yeah. you know, and the I only think, way you're going to know that is by doing it. By doing it. exactly. You can like, read it a million times. You can plan it, plan it, plan it, but actually go out there. Mm-hmm. You know, make mistakes or make stuff that you're like, actually, this came out better than yeah. I thought it would. You know? Oh yeah. I mean, and then you find things that you're like, oh, I really like doing this. You know, I really like doing that. Like that's like like that's the uh, the anecdote with uh, Larry King. Mm-hmm. Like he was like an intern. He was working at a radio station, and uh, he wasn't even on the air. He was just working at the station. And one day, the host got sick, and they're like, "Larry, get on the radio. Start talking live radio." Right. And he had no idea what to say or anything. And Nikki said, "He's like, well, I'll just start by introducing myself." This guy had no lines, no no program plan, nothing. Yeah. And it literally just like, All right, I'm just gonna just talk. You know, yeah, <laughs> it's like it's just a matter of like once you do get that opportunity, you got to take it. Right? You got to make yourself known and make yourself. Mm-hmm. Be like, okay, this guy actually pulled it off and let's keep going with him. Because if you don't, then you're just like, yeah. you're just a fill-in. You're such a substitute until yeah. the real big guy yeah, comes back. I was, back I was talking this with my uh, my crew a, co- a couple days ago. I was saying, like, I have nothing but respect for even the shittiest Twitch stream. Because the amount, like, they are doing live production mm-hmm. themselves while being on the air. And they have to be entertaining and play a game and be good at that game yeah. all at the same time. Although I don't know how how many people are going to go with Twitch now after the recent revenue split. Did you hear about that news where they're going from 70-30 to now (laughs) 50-50? (laughs) <laughs> and a lot of top streamers are like mm, well, going to YouTube well here's the thing is uh, probably not right about away about like a year ago like there was that big leak all the the financials and how much they made yeah and of course like you know the big top ones like of course they make but all the YouTubers were like really that's all you're making like that's all you're like YouTube brings in the real money like don't get me wrong like Twitch makes money like yeah. Pokimane she's I mean I give women so much credit on a, for being on that Twitch. platform and Twitch. The Holy comments, like, like the incels, the amount of incels, even just and not misogyny, just, the incels, just the, yeah, misogyny. And then there's like the hero complex. There's just so, like for a woman to go out and put herself out there, they got more goddamn. Yeah, fuck, I would never do that. Like, no. <laughs> it's like I'm nervous doing this, and people don't know my face. And, <laughs> and you know, like, it's so funny. Like, I don't know if you're aware of the recent Twitch drama. Uh, I know about the the, the yeah. just chatting. I don't want to get too much into it. Uh, basically, oh, I, don't know. I was I knew about the gambling where they're cutting the gambling. The gambling, off. and then right from they're, the because of someone going against gambling, there were allegations of covering up sexual assault, and then yeah, it, so it, that okay. one I saw. Yeah, so I actually been following that story because some of the streamers involved actually follow, and I cannot tell you how emotionally immature streamers are. Well, so you gotta understand something. Like, like so, they're they're I, kids, man. They're, like, they're you know they're younger. Dan, they're they're in their like mid to late twenties and early thirties, and they spend their life in front of a screen talking to an but, empty void. Like, and it's like I don't think people realize that. Yes, because like when I follow a story and I hear people saying, "Oh, how stupid could they be?" It's like, well, number one. 
I don't think they're well-adjusted individuals. I'll be I'll be frank. Some of them. Yeah. yeah. Two, like they have quote-unquote managers and PR people, but I don't know if they're the right people So I've with heard them. that before about like the representation of Twitch streamers and YouTubers is like dog shit. Yes. So they're not part, I don't believe they're part of the guild. So they don't get really no. the proper and protection know, or that they should. And I know recently there's been agencies to, to like try to, to try and represent them because they need it. Holy shit, do they need it. I you know? believe that. Yeah, because that's the thing is because they bring in like some of these like not some a lot of them bring in some real money, real cash to the point where like they can blow off like ten grand in one stream to like you know okay if I laugh at this video the person who submitted gets you know I spin a wheel and I'll give yeah. you ten k yeah I've seen the wheel stuff and yeah. I'm- like and I think that's brilliant. That's good fucking TV. It's right good there. content. I um, mean, they're, they're really clever. I gotta give it to Twitch streamers. Like, if they're lagging in content, they'll put the work in and see. Okay, let's figure out something. Like, okay, uh, all right, everyone, submit me a picture of you, and I guess either whether you're a viewer of mine or another Twitch streamer. Yeah. You know, it's I like, like like well, that's my really view with like stuff. Twitch. I believe is like the modern version of public broadcasting. Yeah, we discussed like the this, PBS. Yeah. yeah, we've talked about this right yeah. before. That's always been my view with yeah. uh, Twitch streams because anyone could start one and anyone could do weird stuff. And you have to it's funny because you and I are we're in our 30s you know I feel like we're well adjusted individuals I think sure. <laughs> we touch <Yeah>. grass <laughs> no and, occasionally mm-hmm. but I see a lot of these streamers and I'm like man I don't know if they have someone in their corner just like being That's, take a break and they like, don't there's they, I, they, there, was a, there was a documentary that followed a bunch of um like a twitch house mm-hmm. like a streamer house like a content house or whatever and they all live there and it's like they talk about some of these most i mean like it's like yeah you hear on the news it's like oh this dude in a subathon and this person's been up for 36 hours it's like do you that is so dangerous for your mental and physical health like, no just, offense i have done runs in my life where i've been up for like i think the longest i've ever been up is 42 hours and it was not easy and it was but i remember by the end of it so essentially what happened was me and my wife we got like we had one wedding on a friday i remember this story you guys had another on the other side of the country this was before the kid you think (laughs) no we couldn't have done it now no but yeah so essentially it just wound up i like worked the day i went to a wedding then after the wedding we flew to california and then we had to drive all the way to san diego we do we you know i think after everything was said and done i was up for like 42 hours crazy i remember my leg just uncontrollably just twitching twitching (laughs) Um, and i remember just like and i think that was my body going like you still here bud well yeah it's probably your brain nerves being like dude i have and i think i was like i can't remember the number but i think i was either very close or right at the point where you start because if you're up for so long it starts to like be detrimental to your health yeah things get fuzzy but Uh, like you start getting like borderline brain damage like it's it's very dangerous to stay awake for so it's why even like seal training i have halfway through it they put to sleep yeah because you have to so what i'm what i'm getting at is that i don't i could have fucking said anything i don't know like i was fucking delirious by the end of that so imagine i'm on live Live with god knows how many viewers god knows what i'm saying like it's like i mean there was and you've seen that i think there's that that infamous video like there's a twitch streamer who dies on television because he was just been up for so long and he was like slant he was on caffeine and he had caffeine poisoning so people like forget that these are human beings but then there's no one in their corner saying dude you have to shut that's what i just noticed from all this twitch drama it's like these guys are obviously have lived a certain life where like you know they've kind of said and done whatever they wanted to and whatnot but like when you are 
when your livelihood is basically being on screen to make sure you don't fuck up or do something stupid, you need someone in that corner to be like, I think A, you need to take a break, mm-hmm. or B, you're pushing the envelope. You need to stop yeah. doing this. And that's why, like, or say this. That's why the Guild and SAG and all of them have put in the, these, these precautions in place because they're going to know that you're not always going to have someone in your corner. So we're going to make these rules. Yeah. To prevent you from ever getting near that, you know, that breaking point. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think, like, not just you know, Twitch streamers, but YouTubers as well, that I think they need. Um, um, better, much better representation. Also, I kind of question the Twitch platform itself and the people that run it. Maybe they need a wake up call too because they've let things go on that platform. It took a lot. It you took know. a lot. Of, a lot for them to ban certain types of gambling on there. Yeah, and not just gambling, but just like you know the exposure to hot tub streams. I don't know where you stand with that. Well, it's a, see, you it's know, a tricky it, thing. Like, a, do I really want? Do I really want to sit and watch? a gorgeous person in, in a hot t- I, I don't mean, really there's care there's 12 year olds on the site and be like ooh look at that and that's boobies. where I kind of like that's where it's like for me as an adult I know I'm like well that's not really for me I don't really care but but then my view is hey make your bread like if you want to go and put on a bathing suit and sit in a hot tub and talk to no, weirdos I'm for not, three hours I'm not really I'm, judging as far as the people that are making that content oh you mean yeah. like the like, actual view the protections like, the, protections, the, for, the actual oh, okay. viewers I gotcha yeah it's, it's just and then they ban people random people for doing something minor versus people doing really Really bad shit. They're still on. Like it, there's like a imbalance, unfairness. I think. Well, you find like this banning. on almost every platform on the internet. Is it's still so? This the thing is the internet's still the wild west. It's not. I know, dude. So it's, it's you wild. hear about this like these like you know certain people who get blocked on Twitter, who get banned on Instagram, who get A, B, and C, like who get these platforms, and like the people who control the platform are very slow to react or anything or any reaction at all barely happens. I think it's because technology companies are not in the business of stifling their user base. You know, that's 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 their revenue. Yeah. So I could see why I'm not saying it's right. I just and I don't think it's right, but I think I see I can understand why they're slow to react. I guess, yeah. I can it's, see uh, that. Because here, it's like the old saying, the customer's always right. Mm-hmm. Well, who's the customer on Twitch? Yeah. Me, who goes and watches these videos, or the content creator? Mm-hmm. Now, who is the customer is not based on your point of view. Yeah. So the customer for Twitch is me and the streamer. Yeah. Like, it's not in their best interest yeah. to slow it down. I mean, I, I've definitely seen a lot of Twitch streamers move to YouTube recently in the past year or so, and big ones too. So I'm wondering, like, let's call it what it is. If, like, someone super big, like, XTC basically says I'm off Twitch I'm going to YouTube do they press the panic button and be like we we have to change something or we have to do this blah 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 or they're hoping that another wave of content creators will come to kind of fill the gaps well I think it's too far. I think that's happened before. Ninja did it. Now, Grant, yeah, Ninja did it. He jumped over to Microsoft. He got a blowload of money and a big chunk of his audience followed, but not all of them. That's the thing, too. Like, um, I, I think it's, and I, I think streamers recognize this, is like when you make this switch from, like, say, Twitch to YouTube, there's going to be a definitely adjustment period because- Because it's also different audiences. Different audiences. You go to Twitch for something different than you do. Exactly. So my Twitch, I don't go to just sit and watch Twitch. Mm-hmm. If I'm working on a project, it's on my second screen. It's background noise to me. Yeah. And there are Twitch streamers that I follow that I've been following since shit before I was married. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's just fun to watch them like grow into these these these. And some of these guys like never get mega big. Yeah. But that's fine. I mean, they they get the numbers, they're happy, and they're doing the content they want to do. You know, and it's funny to see them like like oh 24 hour streams like five years ago, and now they're like all right, so I'm on from 12 to five today, and I'll be on <laughs> again. Like, and it's like you start to see Good. oh I'm. I mean, on don't Sundays, burn yourself I, out, that's man. That's awesome. I love that they're doing that. Yeah. But then, like YouTube, 
I'm going for now, you know, YouTube's like a borderline addiction for me. It's like, you know, like there's certain channels that I'm always watching every day. Yeah. Uh, because I can't because it's so easy to consume the content. But then there's Netflix. Yeah. I'm going to Netflix for something totally different than I am for YouTube. Yeah. I'll sit and watch a four hour YouTube video, no problem. But I it's know different, what's wrong with us. But it's different content <laughs> that I'm trying that I'm consuming. Yeah. No, you run into that black hole of YouTube. I, I've done the same thing as well. And I just wonder the life of Twitch and... See, I don't think it's going anywhere because okay. there's... Okay. So what I so my long-winded answer would have been... Um, so you think that... There's so many people trying to make it on these platforms that it's not just going to disappear overnight. There'll be like a new wave of content There's creators. so much money that is... So they've already proved... There's already a model that proves that you can make... Twitch makes money. Well, yeah. I mean, look, Amazon Prime and the NFL now, they're in partnership so with that's Twitch now. What I'm like, getting at is they wouldn't have done TV that if they didn't have believe been it. Dead. And now I'm not the only one saying this. This is nothing unique. TV would have been dead years ago if the major sports channels went to the internet. If the NFL as a whole, not just Thursday night, went to YouTube TV, regular TV is fucking done. Yeah. You know? Because like those cop procedurals, those doctor shows. There's an, <laughs> how many viewers? Like two million a night or something like that? It's like, come on. The, those shows, they can't sustain the network, I think, for long enough. And you're right. I think Andrew, Sh- Andrew Schultz, who's a pretty good, he's a, one of my favorite comedians, um, he meant, he pointed that out that like Netflix has to throw like $20 million at a movie for two hours of content. Mm-hmm. Whereas you can go on YouTube and get two hours of I think in certain aspects, different content, but more intimate content, as in like, let's say they can get two hours for free. Like a video essay or something Not like even that. a video essay. I mean, I can get a comedian. I can go watch a Burke Kreischer talk to another comedian for three hours. Well, they have old specials. They have old that, everything on they YouTube. They're all doing it. It's like, like an archive now. That's what I mean. It's like- Because ne- their licensing ne- thing is like- If it's going to cost- So if I have, <laughs> if I need to make two hours of content, let's say I'm a- Pixel dead. <coughs> You know, exactly. <laughs> so I have to make, all right, so I'm a producer. I got to, and I got to fill my platform with stuff. Do I throw $20 million at one movie or do I take that $20 million and I just give it to, so what does uh, Joe Rogan make? Like, I think he's making like $100 million despite mm-hmm. your views on the guy. Not a big fan of him, but you know, he does bring in the big guests mm-hmm. and you know, he's got some really, he has some really good and he's got some really bad mm-hmm. stuff. Coming from anyone who has hundreds of thousands of hours of content, you're going to have, he's going to have a lot that's bad and a lot that's good, but you give him a hundred million dollars, right? Yeah. And we have thousands of hours of content from him. A hundred million dollars doesn't even get me Lord of the Rings. You see what I mean? No, yeah. It's in a lot of ways in like, oh, use a TV. And that's why TV is dying. Yeah. Because you're not going to be able to keep up. Now, there always will be high budget TV shows and movies. That's not going away anytime soon. But I think, like I said, these cop procedurals, these medical dramas. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, people just are watching them now to watch them. No one gets excited about these shows. Yeah, I mean, they have the demographic for them that still watch them, mm-hmm. you know? And they say, oh, man, did you catch uh, Chicago Fire the other night? Boy, that was crazy. Yeah, no, and Law and Order still, like, they still have no one, that. Yeah, but no one talks about that. No, like, it, it's, here, here, yeah. Here's a prime example of what I'm talking about. NYPD Blue, right? That old cop show oh for, on ABC, right? Mm-hmm. Now, there's a reason why I'm bringing this one up. The end of that show, I was in middle school. And I used to watch that with my mother, all right? It was one of her favorite shows. And I remember being a kid and not being old enough to watch it. And then I got old enough to watch it with her, all right? So it was a great like family memory yeah. that I have with her. Yeah, sure. There was a big, big episode where they went after like a group of pedophiles, right? Me and my mom watched it. We're like, wow, that was a fucking great episode. I remember going to school the next day 
and my teacher, it was just me and her in the classroom for whatever reason. Like it was actually like uh, my reading teacher. She was teaching me how to read. So there's only like two or three kids in the class. Right. It was just me and her. And I made like a comment. I'm like, oh, did you, do you watch NYPD Blue? And she's like, yeah. I'm like, did you watch last night's episode? And she's like, I did. This woman's like 50. And she, she's talking to a 14. <laughs> <The> demographic. <laughs> she's talking to a 14, 15 year old kid about this episode. And yeah. now- who the fuck is doing that with Chicago Fire? And that's nothing <laughs> against the show. Make your bread. Oh, uh, man. But you see what I mean? It's like, who? Like, that's not... Those conversations yeah. aren't happening anymore. But what conversations are happening? Yo, bro. Mr. Beast dropped four million on a parody yeah. on Squid Game. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like... I'll use like a TV analogy where like in TV, you have a development team where you try and pitch, you try and cast, you try and do all that pre-production stuff to make a show happen. Not granted. It's a miracle if it ever happens. Exactly. Like some of them don't get greenlit. Some of them you budget it out. And I always then you say, get what do I always point? say? The greatest movie script is sitting on some producer's it's, table. It's on the blacklist online. or never get read. It'll, never get read. It's on the bottom read. of a pile somewhere. Never get read. Unless studios make a drastic change and they're not going to do that. It's just, it's just not going to happen. I get why they won't. Yeah, I, I get it too. It's 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 a safer bet to go with what works. And right now what works is You know, everyone can, everyone's got an opinion until they remakes. have to write the $50 million check to make that happen. Exactly. You know? like, <laughs> if you want to make something and you have enough money to make yourself, praise to you. I hope you get distributed. See, that's the thing. It's like everyone says, like, if you, you know, if I want a trillion dollars, what would I do? I would just start doing. Like, I would start getting things weird shit made. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I would just like, yeah, I want a hundred episodes or, of, you know. Yeah. Or I would make sure that a studio like A24 Just continues. keeps going. Yeah. Yeah. I would be like, I was like, oh, we're, we're losing money here. I was like, here's more. Make more. Make more, please. Like, I, I'd be high. That's what I would do. And I'd be I would start, like, here's some weird, like, like FX, like, hey, yeah. you guys, you keep going, you keep making stuff, and you know, uh, stuff I like. I'll you know, be a sugar daddy. I don't mind being a sugar daddy to like good products. Like, yeah. <laughs> fine, that, that's you know, that's good that's, to me. <laughs> that's like the thing is like, yeah, I'm like, I, I don't want the Lamborghini. No, no, I just like, all right, I want to like get a studio. I'm like, all right, I want. Give me the Duel of Fates, the Star Wars that never was. Go. Like, it's like, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's I actually, like, actually picture you doing that. I would. I'd do that. <laughs> Fuck it. The, I, if I had the money, I'd be like, all right, Disney, I'm buying the, the Star Wars IP to make this one movie. <laughs> it's going to be like the Wu-Tang, and I'll never release it. I'll just have it at my house. It's going to be that one album. you know. It's That's like, what I wanted to see the other day. The, the Wu-Tang the one, show? Uh, yeah. That was on FX. Have it, you seen that? I haven't. It's on my Hulu queue, though. I want to watch that, too. My, my buddy of mine told me it's awesome. I was going through like my queues, and I realized, like, oh, I still have my Hulu account. Let me go through here. I'm like, yeah. oh, shit, the Wu-Tang Clan thing. I, I want to watch that. Hulu, man. Hulu's putting it's up the a sleeping lot. dragon sleeping with hits, that. Man. Because there's hits. a ton of stuff on there that you just forget. Yeah. Like, you're like, oh, that's right. Hulu's like kind of worth it's one of the more expensive streaming yeah. platforms, but you're like, oh, yeah. this is kind of yeah. okay. Okay. And like, Catches I, I, have it, I have it as the bundle. Yeah, exactly. I, have I get it, it through my cell phone. Yeah. My, my carrier like, gives it to me. But it's worth the commercials because the content's good. And, yeah. you know, yeah, man. Like you said, it's the development stage. Would you rather put all your eggs in one basket for something that's, like you said, Netflix is going to throw 20 million in a movie? Or would you rather spread your money out on a bunch of stuff, like say 10 projects? And granted, not all of them are going to succeed. I mean, that's, that's the, uh, that's the, the, uh, the Blumhouse model. Exactly. You know, it's buy but cheap. You're going to have a hit. Like Blumhouse would have Happy Death Day and The uh, Purge. And Something's you know, going to click. Something's, something's going to click. Yeah. There are like five other Blumhouse movies where you're like, eh? You know? <laughs> but, There's a lot more than that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, you know, it's like you'll have your breadwinners. You'll have the ones that you keep going for money while you experiment with other things, you know? Well, but if it's cheap enough to make and you keep getting hits, you can keep that train moving, baby. Like mm -hmm. that model will continue to be successful as long as you keep churning out those hits and you're giving 
creators a chance because like they can't go to big studios mm -hmm. for like you know making these movies that they want to make. They want to make a cheap horror movie, but like a twist, like Groundhog Day. But well, that's what like you know Netflix like, was doing. They yeah. were giving that out those because they were what they were doing is they were giving that opportunity. That's what the joke was like. South Park made the jokes like, oh, anyone can get a like their movie made on Netflix because Netflix was like, we need content. Let's just start buying up movies that studios are taking passes on. Yeah, and then what do you get? You yeah. get a ton of stuff. Speaking of stuff that always gets forgotten. Keanu's back as Constantine, bro. Dude, how... I immediately thought of you when the news was announced. What took so long? Well, theory, okay. theorize, theorize. All right, so my theory is, one... Um, what took so fucking long? <laughs> I just think the superhero model changed. Because it was like, Constantine was You don't like, think there would have been an audience of Constantine within this? Like, we're, no, we're no, no, I'm not saying... I'm saying is the Constantine, the Keanu Reeves version. Uh -huh. If you watch that and then go watch a Marvel... Or another DC movie? Yeah. Very different tones. Yeah. Because they made kind Constantine like for adults. Do you remember Spawn? Yeah. It's kind of um, like that. It's, like it's grittier. It's grittier, but it was made for adults. Not formulaic. It was not meant yeah. to sell action figures. Yeah. So I think it was just like, all right, it, and sequel never got made. And then I know Keanu Reeves had kept trying to get mm -hmm. it made. But then lo and behold... And the director's coming back too. Francis Original director, Lawrence. and then I think Rachel Wise is coming back. I think she Interessante. is. She's not with Daniel Craig anymore, right? I thought no, I thought they were still married. They're still married? Yeah, yeah. Power couple, if you ask me. Dude, I am pumped because you and I are big fans of the original Constantine. We thought it was unique. We thought it was like... It's uh, it's on my top 20. You know, so I'd be curious to see if he's going to go with the John Wick look or shave his beard. He looks a little weird clean shaven these days. I'm not going to lie, but he's still a vampire. He doesn't age. But I'm pumped, man. I am happy to see that. She is not confirmed yet. Uh, she might make a cameo or something. She might make a cameo. So Keanu's back. With, now, that's the thing is I love about that man is that he is totally cool with just... Yeah, let's do some weird shit. Like, yeah. he was in that on Netflix. It was like a rom-com or something. Oh, uh, Always Be My Maybe? Yeah, where he like... He becomes the boyfriend? He becomes that a, is... But he's like a weirdo. He's like Ali listening. Wong, yeah. yeah. The Ali uh, Wong movie, yeah. So funny. So funny. That scene is still comedy gold. Like when he's wearing the headphones and like... Fucking sales playing. Because <laughs> like imagine that's your crush. This is your girl. And she's dating some guy. And it's fucking Keanu Reeves. You're like, I'll just... All right, I'll just go fucking jump off a cliff. Oh, Keanu, man. But also there are other sequels that are coming out. Now, I am a big Sherlock Holmes fan. They're making a Nola Holmes, too. Oh, with um, Millie, Br Millie <laughs> Brown. Millie Brown. <laughs> wow. The girl from Stranger Millie Things. Millie Bobby Brown. Millie <laughs> Bobby Brown and Henry Cavill. I'm a big... You watched the first one, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was a cute movie for like teens and stuff. I thought it was really good. It, kinda... it was old school. It was like a throwback to like those like TV movies. Yeah. And like I really that. thought it was really, I used to watch I thought it was really clever. I'm also, like I said, I'm a huge, you know, I've read all the Doyle books. I've watched all yeah. the modern adaptions of that character. I was actually really excited that they were doing a Nola Holmes. Now, Nola Holmes is not like a character in the books, but I thought it was cool. And then she got to do a second one. So I was like, absolutely. That's cool. So, no, kudos to her. What would you rate the Sherlock? It's on your list. We'll get to our list. We have a, a the main topic for the night. But like, what would you rate the Benedict Cumberbatch show? What would you rate that as far as your shows? Would it be in your top ten? Uh, like top Sherlock. ten for of Sherlock content or no, just in general? all time. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's my top five. It, isn't it funny? How many seasons was it? Like three, four, four. And, and they had like a Christmas movie. They had, they had, a, they had a special at yeah, BBC. Yeah. So. I'm telling you, man. The Brits, Those two the just Brits got, know how to do well, it, Well, those man. things blew up. Both of them blew up in, in America. Yeah. Like, yeah. So. so, yeah. I'm down for that. Yeah. Also, there's uh, something. I'm actually shocked it took them this long to remake. And, well, not remake, but a, a continue is Alice in Borderlands is coming back. Season two. So, I loved that show. I, that, that was came lockdown out, what, shit. When I remember I watched it, I'm like, this was one of those, your first homework assignments for me. I'm like, you have to watch this show. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's. So good. <laughs> 
and what that came out what two three years ago yeah it was pandemic time ah oh, but it was awesome and essentially um, with Alice in Borderland the first one is a Netflix show well it's not a Netflix it's a far it's a Japanese Japanese Japanese, yeah. Japanese show it's also a manga and essentially one day guy gets teleported to an empty version of Japan Tokyo and he has to compete in trials to get poker cards and to if survive you, if you collect basically. all the set you can get apparently you may get free and it's just like this whole like it's a mystery of like why this is happening if it's it even really real it like really it's clever. yeah it's super clever and, and it ended on a pretty cool cliffhanger and oh, then, yeah and there was no talk of it coming back and then all of a sudden push maybe maybe because you know obviously the covid restrictions in in japan are probably are, stricter. they're extremely strict yeah so yeah. they're probably waiting until it could be yeah. uh, i think it also helped expedite that squid game parasite like you know that there's a lot of interest in foreign content now that I'm all for it. For. I, I think oh, we yeah, discussed it in a previous episode where like the foreign TV shows and movies, I'm glad they're getting like a platform on Netflix. I'm glad they're getting a platform here in America because they've always been good. It's just now more and more exposure is happening and I think that's great. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think that's I mean, it's the only way it can go at this point. Yeah. I mean, it's like on our side we're only making cop shows and di- medical dramas. I and know. It's like- or we're borrowing from foreign films and just Americanizing it. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, cool. So let's talk with the main topic today. So when's the last time you had Domino's, Dan? Not too long ago, actually. Really? Yeah. I haven't had Domino's in years. That's like our kind of like... We're spoiled, too, you know, because... Well, we, we're in New York, we have. Yeah, we have the pizza. We, we had it maybe about a month ago. And we like after we had it, we kind of felt gross. And we're like, all right, maybe we should like not eat like <laughs> shit today. I know. I mean, that's why I stopped eating it because they betrayed me. They gave me a shitty pizza and I, the sauce was terrible. And I was like, oh, I'm never having this again. But I keep seeing commercials for it. And it's the 555 deal. You know, you get three items for five bucks. This is why America's so fat because you get all these food. For Our so bad food is cheap. cheap and the good and food, the good is food costs 20 bucks. Mm-hmm. It's insane. Salad costs 20 bucks. Anyway, I was thinking of ideas for our podcast, and then I wanted to divide, because I think our last episode, we did really well, and I know because I just, I'm finishing editing it, kind of like listing our favorite things or like our certain takes on things. (laughs) So I thought we'd do like a five, five, five deal. So now what Dan and I are going to do is we're going to read off our list of five things of certain topics. So tonight we're going to have favorite movie from each of the past five decades. These, these are like lists are fucking hard to come up with. I, that's why I gave it to you like over the past weekend. Because oh, <laughs> like, a, Dan, it took me a while to do the decades one. <laughs> I went back and forth too. I'm not even sure I'm set on my list yeah, right now. Yeah, <laughs> I'm looking at your list and I'm like, <laughs> like I'm not I sure. get it. Not bad picks, but. But there's others. Yeah. So like, it tells me you forgot about a couple things in these decades. Yeah, yeah. Again, like it's. I, I tried to make it so like it's the first thing that pops into our head I type thing, you. but then you, that's kind of how I wrote it. I and, but then like, but then you think about it, you're like I'm pretty sure I like, forgot something, but let me just there go was with one. This I'm like, wait a minute, I'm gonna fix yeah, that. Yeah. So we have favorite movies from each mm-hmm. of the past five decades. The second part of the five 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 deal is five TV shows you can't live without. These are shows that like had such an impact on you that you're gonna recommend it to someone. You're gonna die on their hill. It has good rewatchability for you and. It is the stuff that if it took away from you forever, you would cry. <laughs> and then the last of the 555 deal is five video games you're taking on an island. Now, for this one, I suggested single player games. Oh. But hey, man, if you got good Wi Fi on I the island. I was going to say. <laughs> Because <laughs> the idea was like you're on an island, you're just gonna play a video game. It's uh... because so if it's single player only, I am changing <laughs> one of my tags. Okay, no, all good. We'll, we'll talk about it. All good. But... So let's start with the the first part. Right, so of the five, do, five, the, do the movies. Yeah. All right, favorite Nin- movie from each Nin- of the past five decades. Yeah. So let's start with the 1980s. Okay. I put down drum roll. <laughs> Die Hard. 
Yes, you did. Not a bad pick. Very good pick. So the ultimate Christmas movie. The ultimate Christmas movie. The ultimate gateway action movie. And for me, that's what it was. Like the first group of movies that I saw besides the Disney movies, and we've talked about that in another episode, were action movies. Like my father took me to movies to see these action movies. So that has a special place in my heart. So the 1980s. Now, granted, I didn't watch Die Hard until I was a little older. I'd say I was like 12 or 13 when I watched Die Hard for the mm-hmm. first time. But that to me was a quintessential action movie, the popcorn movie, the one where you're like, okay, this is what a movie entertainment is supposed to be like. Big sequences, charismatic actor, great villain, runtime smooth. Actually, it's a pretty long movie. It's longish, but it doesn't feel long. I mean, now it's like for Na- 2022, it's a long movie, yeah. but in the yeah. 80s, it wasn't. And memorable. Mm. And that's the thing with these movies. Like, these are your favorite movies. They're not necessarily what you think are the best movies from the decade, but for me at least. So that's how I tried to write my list. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I didn't try to pick, because I could easily just pick, like, the best movie that was Exactly. You you want the ones that, like, I think 80s, I think Die Hard. I think 90s, I think blah, blah, blah. And that's what I went with. Thoughts? Uh, I... (laughs) So yeah, so since these are like personal lists, yeah, I agree. I think it it is one of the best action movies. Mm-hmm. I love. See, this is the great thing about marrying someone who has a limited film knowledge is I get to watch people watch these movies for the first time in yeah. modern era. Yeah. So it wasn't. So I used to tease my wife. She would be like, "Everyone tells me Die Hard's the best Christmas movie." So one year I showed it to her, and she was like. <laughs> I'm like, how did your dad not show you this? This is right up his alley. Poor and she Frank. was, and yeah, and she just was like, no, we just never watched it. And then she was like, this movie's awesome. I'm like, yeah. it's the best. Yeah. Like, the, she got to laugh at the, oh, come out to the coast, have a few drinks. <laughs> like, I don't find that funny anymore because I've heard it a thousand times, but she was like, that was funny. I was like, oh shit, yeah. Yeah, because you have to, you know, yippee ki yay. No, and I all think that stuff, Die Hard like... absolutely is one of the. My favorite is Welcome to the Party Foul. That is still. Yeah. I, it's one of my favorite GIFs to send I mean, out. That's it's when you just... fell in love with Bruce Willis, man. Yeah. That's, that's he. I, would... That was also too. Growing up, he was my favorite action movie. He was one of my favorite. I think he was a lot of people's like, favorite action Yeah, movie. it's like, yeah. you know, I, I mean, don't get me wrong, Schwarzenegger's my boy, but like, there was something just realistic about. When he was on Bill, screen, Bruce yeah. Wills. Because Bruce Willis was never like the shredded monster. No, he was like the average Joe that. You saw it at bar. It was yeah, like, and he's mother, just kicking mother, out. It's like, all right, he's just fight. getting it done. He's just getting it done. No, he's uh, John McClane, baby. Absolutely. All right, so you put down no surprise here. Well, folks. actually, this was a. T- I had a. I changed. This was hard. Ooh, this was okay. hard. Give me the details then. Okay, so what I put was Star Wars: Empire Strikes Back, 1980s. Yes. So I initially was going to put Indiana Jones and Raiders of the Lost Ark. Oh, damn. So that and, came out in the 80, right? 1980, yeah, so, right? Yep. Borderline. Yeah, it was an 80s movie. So I was very torn because I was like, all right, I'm going to pick personal. Problem is, they're both very personal to me. So what Empire Strikes Back is more personal. Okay. So I, my entire life, my education, my hobbies, I've always wanted to be Indiana Jones. Dun, 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 dun. I'm a big history guy. I mm-hmm. read. I, you know, there was, I wanted to be a photojournalist for the longest time because like, I thought that would be a great outlet to do. Like, I, The joke is, I used to tell people, I was like, oh, I did this. I, you know, I studied history in college. I did this. I did that. And it's like, I just wanted to be Indiana Jones. And then I found out, you actually can't get paid to be Indiana Jones. <laughs> True, true, man. Like as a uh, kid, I used to dress up like him. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, you know, I, you know, I had a messenger bag, I had a hat on, I got the whip. Like it was, it was. Damn, I, Dan I, was rocking the fedora. You gotta yeah, show me pictures. Yeah, bro. it was cool. And then, <laughs> yeah, and I would always have, you know, I used to watch marathon all the movies, mm-hmm. and you know. But then I thought about Empire Strikes Back. Now, shocker, I've said this a thousand times. I am a massive Star Wars fan. Mm-hmm. But the reason why I put Empire Strikes Back, one is it is my favorite Star Wars movie. I mean, I know 
hard take right there. <laughs> but that was the first one I ever saw. Okay. So growing up, I didn't have TV. Yeah. We had movies. And I remember that, and I will never forget this. I remember it was the first time I'd ever seen Star Wars. It was a copy of the VHS. Now, I had all the Star Wars toys from, I guess, hand-me-downs, but I'd never seen Star Wars yet. The only two copies of Star Wars we had was Empire Strikes or Return of the Jedi. So one night, it's the family, it, and there's a vivid memory of my mom. Mm-hmm. She's like, all right, so we'll go to watch Star Wars. So my brothers are there, my mom's there, and we're watching Star Wars. And I remember Luke is in the uh, hanging from the ceiling. His, uh, his feet are frozen. He's attacked by that big Yeti thing. And I remember my mom just yelling out, Luke, use the Force. And I'm like, what the fuck is she talking about? Yep. And like, he uses the Force to get the lightsaber, and he frees himself, blah, blah, blah. And I remember just like watching it, and like, holy shit, this movie's awesome yeah and it was just a really cool memory i had of like that i'll never forget like with my mom watching like star wars and it was always like star wars was the one like none of my siblings we don't have anything in common <laughs> i think me and my brother my oldest brother we uh we bond on history a lot but that's about it yeah so it's one of the few things it's the one thing the whole family so it was it, into it, it's not just from a personal movie in terms of like you watch a movie it's a personal like within family yeah and, i mean and i've life, told the story about my brother coming yeah. to pick me up at midnight mm-hmm. to go yeah. see the Star Wars yeah. movie. So that kind of tipped a favor in terms and of... that's where I was like, all right, if I'm going to pick, I'm picking cool. the, the... And I mean, come on, it's Empire Strikes Back. I don't really have to sell the movie on anyone. Like, even people who don't like sci-fi know that movie. The, like, the one that sets a standard of, you know, the sequel's better than the original. Yeah. I totally agree with you. All right, we're moving on to the 90s. 1990s. This one was tough for me. Mm. Uh, 90s was a hard one because a lot of good shit came I, out in the 90s. I was going to... Was, it was between three. It was between three. I'll give you the first two that I didn't choose and then the last one is the one I chose. One was Pulp Fiction. That yeah, was one of the ones I was thinking about too. And uh, fucking, it really pained me. The problem is, is that's an easy give because it's like borderline a perfect movie. Exactly. It's like, like that it's movie right did, up there with that Godfather. Did, yeah. of like, there's only like one slow scene in the whole movie. That movie did like, so many things in terms of just like screenwriting and how the structure story and how to incorporate multiple stories. It's like, and then the acting and then the memorableness of it. It it all fits, but it, that's not it. Jurassic Park was the second one that I was thinking about. Uh-huh. I mean, Senior Spielberg. Also on my list of decisions. It hurts. It hurts. I mean, shit, man. I remember. I mean, that movie was ahead of its time, and that CGI still holds up. To still this holds day. up. The I animation, mean, uh, like the. We all grew up obsessed with dinosaurs after that. Yeah. Like it's like. Oh it's, yeah, me especially. I had so many dinosaur toys. Mm-hmm. It, we all had a favorite. Yeah. We all knew what our favorites yeah. were. And honestly, it was 50-50 between Jurassic Park and my ultimate choice, which came out in 1999, The Matrix. No, not a bad pick at all. Like, I mean, uh, in terms of, for me especially, in terms of just like, it combined everything I loved. It combined action, which I, like I said before, I grew up with action movies. So, you know, obviously that's a given. Like, and groundbreaking action. Like, they were doing wire fights. First you ones know, to do it. You know, first ones to do it. Bullet time. Bullet time and, you know, music, everything fit perfectly, along with a very unique and not told before narrative that combined the two of them. Say what you want about everything else that follows, but, you know, The Matrix was just so groundbreaking for me, both as a viewer and as someone who eventually got into the business. Hands down, my favorite movie. I mean, I I can't talk. I mean, The Matrix, my first internet handle was Neo. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like, I was that guy. Like, oh uh, yeah. I mean, we all had him. Ba- Mine was, was so, Diesel. But here's the thing: <laughs> my internet handle was able to be Neo. That's how far back I go. Like, it was able to be three letters. <laughs> 
on like AOL. Like it was like AOL <laughs> was like, Messenger. So, oh, just to I give you a general that. idea of like yeah. the usage of the internet at that yeah. time. Yeah. But, yeah. Okay. So, right. No, that's a good pick. So yeah, the nineties, I was my three that I was fighting on was Pulp Fiction, mm-hmm. Jurassic Park, but I chose Toy Story. Great pick. It's so funny. I forget that because I'm 95. so much. Yeah, 95, 95 was one of the best man. years of cinema, man. I mean, because like for me, the most because I've watched all of them, but the one that I still have in my head is Toy Story three, obviously. Right uh, in the fields. Right in the fields. Oh my god. The incinerator scene's rough, man. Stop. And they're it's, holding hands. All right. Oh, bro. No, we're moving on. We're moving on. <laughs> we're moving on. We can't talk about that. I'm gonna start crying. Legit. Uh, great pick. Yeah. Introduction of Pixar. So I picked this. Broke ground yeah. for animation. I remember we... Okay, so I went to the quick story on this one as I was at my best friend's house. And he was up the block. And we were hanging out. And then they were all getting ready to go to the movies. And I was just hanging out. And I was going to go home. Like, I wasn't, like, upset that I wasn't going. I didn't ask to go. It's a family thing. Like, the family's going to the movies. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to go home. Like, we hung out, but you guys have fun. And I remember his mom, who is kind of like a pseudo second mom to me. She literally was just like, look, are you coming? And I was like, fuck yeah, I'm going. <laughs> All right, this is 95, so we're tiny. So we go, yeah, we man. see Toy Story, and I remember going home, and first off, loving it because it was, I was like, it's Toy Story, you know, it's, it's great. But I remember that was the first time after seeing a new movie mm-hmm. that I could not wait to see it again. I, and it killed great. me that I had to wait for the VHS to come out. And yeah. I also didn't really understand how long it would take for that because back then it was six months. It was it was long. I remember. Like but, nowadays, what, it's a couple months and bam's right in digital. It's like six weeks, if that. But it was like, I remember that was the first time I was like, no. And I was a big Disney kid. I watched a ton of movies. There was no filter. I was allowed to watch anything I wanted as a kid. And that was the first time that like movies blew my mind because i mean i was we were the demographic for that we were at the perfect age but so were like, adults too that's the beautiful thing about toy story is yeah. like it's a story that obviously little kids can relate to and enjoy yeah but, but also adults too that that's, was that was the beauty of pixar that was definitely and still the, is. oh yeah and still is now and but that was yeah that that movie just hit right like that was just yeah, perfect timing on every level and uh to this day like i can't wait because in five years i get to show him yeah you know, yeah. Um, When's the last time you watched the first one? It's been oh, a long time for me. Shit, maybe I'm going to say at least 12, 15 yeah, years. Yeah, it's been a while. But that'd be a good one to rewatch. Yeah, that's definitely that. Like that was right in the feels. Like, oh, um, I was like, when I was like, no, it's got to be fucking Toy Story. It's, <laughs> it's on my list. Good pick. All right, those are the '90s. Let's go to the 2000s. Right in the beginning of the. Oh, I mean, it was a big fucking conflict for this one, but I stand by mine. I'll well, you head. and I both pick Russell Crowe movies because uh, he is one of the. He was. He was the 2000s. Man. He was. The 2000s, yeah, movies, I was just about to He say was that, the yeah. fucking 2000s. <laughs> Like, listen, <laughs> Bruce Willis had fucking the 80s. Fucking Russell Crowe had the 2000s, man. So my pick was Gladiator, a masterpiece in every right. I actually just rewatched it uh, last week. What we do in life, Dan, echoes in eternity. That fucking spark. And that movie was good. So, all right, to give you a general idea background on this one i have a story for everything so the story on this one is i remember my brother he uh came by he was gonna take me to the movies and we watched gladiator big history nerds like i have a roman tattoo like i have spqr tattooed on me i absolutely have that i had it when i was 18 i have studied roman history immensely but yeah that movie was the last time there was a sword and sandals that was like fuck yes and of course biased it's written by one of my favorite directors of all time ridley scott my boy ridley 
But it just that was it's the perfect revenge story. It hits all the it, notes. It's, I felt. You know, it, they're talking about the ghost of two. They're talking about a time of Rome where it's just like it's the best time to do like it's like no one like everyone talks about Julius Caesar or Caligula or Tiberius. And they never talk about, you know, Marcus Hilarius and like Commodus and all those, you know, I mean, it's heavily fictionalized, which is fine. But I think that's the perfect way to do a historical fiction is how Gladiator did it. Mm-hmm. Is that, that yes, these are real characters. These are real people in history. Maximus Decimus Meridius is a fictional character, but Commodus is a real person he does die in the arena in real life but not by that yeah <laughs> it's you know um, maximus decimus meridius which is one of the coolest quotes like literally every the first time and he I takes have my vengeance like when he takes that hemis off you're like let's go oh shit here we go <laughs> you know but it's like but like the costume design the writing the like, music you know uh, and the best part when you hear that like the script wasn't even finished when they started filming that's how much pull fucking ridley scott had is he could do an epic like that without yeah. a completed script and he still has that pull man he can do whatever he mm-hmm. wants and hell yeah I'll watch he whatever does. he does yeah, sadly uh, that with his age we probably only got maybe one or two movies come on man him. don't get me sad here I, I realize sad. that but, but no you're you, right but picking Gladiator so there's another uh, Russell Crowe movie and actually this could have been another thing because he also made A Beautiful Mind he also made what was that boxing movie Cinderella Man I saw that too yeah uh, but you went with a very in my opinion a very underrated movie not very. talked about a lot Master and Commander. Master and Commander, far side of the world. Now, huh, who knows? I picked another history one. Um, <laughs> the book series, I loved, but I found them after the movie. Russell Crowe was great in it. I loved sailing stories in the Navy. You know, I, I just, I love that era of history too. Like I've read a substantial amount about Napoleon and like the Napoleonic era and mm-hmm. those wars and like how like, you know, the aristocracy was at that time. And like, I've always been attracted to the structure of like, the age of sail, like the structure of that life on a board of a ship. Yeah. And it's very, it's really good at telling, because essentially they're only on land twice in the whole movie. It all takes place on a boat. On a boat. And that in itself. You have to make that interesting. And yeah. I just love how it's a simple story. It's about a ship and its crew. They're not saving the world. You know, it's a very grounded story. There's very real stories in it. It shows the boredom. It shows the excitement. It shows the respect. And it just, it really does history movies justice. Peter Ware was the director. Yes, he was. I know his movies. Dead Poets Society, of course. The Way Back, Witness, The Truman Show. Oh, yeah. That's actually one of his last movies. He, yeah, he doesn't make many movies. But no, I think like the relationship... Underrated movie, yeah. You know, the relationship between Aubrey and the Doctor is really reminiscent of like the relationship me and my best friend have. Mm. Like it's very much... I just love those type of stories where they're just... They're human stories. Yeah. You know, because essentially it's, it's Master Commander in the yeah. Far Side of the World is like multiple books, Patrick O'Brien books in one movie. And that's a movie I return to all the time. I watch it at least once or twice a year. No joke, me and my best friend, we talk about it all the time. You know, it's yeah. literally on my wall. You know, it's definitely one of those movies that just once you watch you know there are movies that you watch once and you're like oh this is with me forever this is definitely one of those movies yeah but I was torn between that or Fellowship of the Ring wow yeah Fellowship of the Ring man I rewatched Fellowship of the Ring maybe three months ago and I love that movie but it drags at the end Mm. it kind of drags but you still uh, oh absolutely love it no that that was but I but it's one of those I think when you revisit a movie you haven't seen in a while that holds a special place in your heart you have to be willing to accept the fact that it may not be as good or there were certain moments cool. yeah it. no and i'm cool with that yeah. i've like i listened there was a time and a place but master and commander just sticks with me more you know because there's also a lot of subtlety in it yeah you know it's like st- stupid stuff like the kid gets his arm shot off but then the captain gives him a book on lord nelson now here's the thing you wouldn't know this lord nelson was like one of the greatest sailors the english had he had one arm 
That's why he gave him the book. But it's stuff like only like history nerds would know that. Like, <laughs> but that's the thing. But it's like they knew enough to put that in the book. Like he wasn't giving him the, the book. subtle details. Yeah, because he wasn't giving the kid the book to go. Hey, here's something you're gonna be bored. It's like no, to show you could still be great without your arm. Inspiration. Yeah. Without having to like be the guy like, hey, let's sit down and talk about your feelings. No, these are fucking sailors in the Napoleonic War. These are tough motherfuckers. Yeah. They're not gonna sit down and be like, it's gonna be okay. They're gonna be like, no, read this fucking book. Yeah. And you're gonna be like, Shape up. You know, it's like man up, bro. But yeah. here is like it was not to be like oh men don't show feelings but it was a very clever way of showing emotion to characters that cannot show emotion yeah not to be overwhelming overbearing to like point them in the right direction yeah that is in, in the way that they could how right? they could in that time so that's yeah. so it's stuff like that 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 movie's always yeah. like kind of carried me but yeah great great pick all right now we're on to the 2010s does i say that right yes i did mm-hmm. i chose parasite very good i can't tell you how much i love that movie for the uniqueness of it for the subtleties between like you know class the commentary on class the commentary on like you know family dynamics everything about it it won best effing picture in the oscars as a foreign movie, as a foreign movie fully deserved i think everyone in the audience was like oh well finally yeah but they'll never they never watch old boy they never watch old boy exactly it's like, <laughs> it's like you know come on like i loved it yeah i have nothing but praise for that movie and it was my favorite it I it, was, love, it was it was obviously hyped in a way like obviously people were talking I mean, it, about it, it, had a lot but of it lives up to the hype. Yes, you know I love the. Term. My father, who does not watch those kind of complex movies, loved he Parasite too. I watched that with Sam, and I was remember I was digging it, and then um because it's kind of like a pseudo comedy for a while. It is. Then it, it is. like I love because it goes to like a pseudo comedy, but then it goes to like kind of a horror, and then it goes to a drama. Yeah, and I love like the part when like the staircases when the mm-hmm. the maid is running down the stairs. Yeah, I remember. Now, nothing nefarious has happened. Nothing nefarious happens in the movie. But there's that part where she's running down the, the bomb shelter stairs. And I remember Sam going, I'm scared. What's going on? And I'm like, I have Dude, no fucking clue. they built on that scene was now, so good. There are, so good. Sam hates watching these types of movies with me because I kind of like, when you read a lot, you kind of figure out the plots of movies pretty quickly. Or if you watch a lot enough enough TV, you watch enough media, you know where they're going. They can stuff. be predictableness. Yes, absolutely. But I love a movie where I'm like, I have no idea what the yeah. fuck's going on. Let's yeah, go. I love that. Let's go. I love that, man. But no, absolutely. Parasite, beautiful pick. Yeah. That was a good pick. And you went with, sir, <laughs> and I love this pick. Uh, I love it for many reasons because much like Master and Commander, this is an underrated movie. But if you talk to the right people, they'll be like, fuck yeah, The Witch was awesome. <laughs> yes. The Witch. Okay. Who look. Dan picked another historical what a history nerd. What a history it's nerd. It's like painful. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, okay. So, The Witch. So, let me ask you, how did you... Because I only watched this movie because people were telling me about it. I would have never have like seeked this movie out unless people told me that it was mm. that good. So how did you figure the movie Same. Out? I don't really care about horror movies. Not that, they, not that they freak me out. I mean, yeah, they'll scare me a little bit, but I'm not a big I'm fan a of cat. them I because... <laughs> I don't know. I just don't really give a shit. The but, jump scares. And yeah, I just think it's cheap and there's better. There's I like horror if it's done right. Yeah. So, The Witch... I would have never watched this movie and I probably would have never had, but I was at a, a lodge meeting and the secretary of that lodge was like, yeah, man, I, I was just watching this movie and I don't really like, he's not, this guy's a nice guy, but it, this was not someone I would have ever thought to take a movie. Yeah. You don't refer- know about you know, his taste. And stuff I didn't like know that, his yeah. movie taste. Right. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I watched the witch the other day. He's like, yo man, there's a fucked up scene at the beginning of that movie. That's all he said. There's a fucked up scene. And I'm like, all right. He's like, Ooh. And I'm like, all right. So one day I was like, oh, fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> let's get weird all right and so That's i a damn model let's get weird baby. let's get weird so i was like all right let's watch this at the beginning now 
this is not spoiler because it takes place in the first 10 minutes of the movie, so I never consider anything that happens in the first 10 minutes a spoiler of a two-hour movie. I wouldn't say so. Now, I probably, I thinking back at the first scene as a parent now, Oh yeah, that would have hit a hell of a lot different than it did at the time. So essentially what happens is the premise of the movie, real quick, is that it deals with pilgrims, and it's about this one particular family that is a little too conservative for the town, and they leave the town or they get kicked out. They start up a homestead on the frontier. Now, the movie is amazing because they're actually using the proper dialect. Like, it was a low-budget movie, but like the way they speak in the movie is how Puritans speak spoke at the time so essentially it's a husband and a wife the daughter and a son and they have a baby the baby goes missing in the first 10 minutes of the movie right in front of the daughter's face it's fucking frightening that's every parent's fucking nightmare and it turns out there's a woman in the fucking forest right who they insinuate that may be a witch and the woman in the forest fucking sacrifices the baby. Now, they don't physically show any child mutilation, but it's implied and it's I don't think I could. That yeah, that hit me pretty I, fucking hard. I didn't have a kid. Yeah, now I have a kid. Now, I don't know. But yeah. I always tell people now, if you can get through the first ten minutes, like that's the hard part. Yeah, because the acting. And I think that's so on good. it on purpose. Now Anna Tyler Joy is the daughter, and this is like one of her first big movies. It's before she blows up. She's an amazing actor, and she does super well in this movie. And this director goes on to do some pretty epic shit after this, which we'll get to. Uh, he also does The Lighthouse, um, and he does Northman. All right, but he does this and. I think it's right up there with I don't consider Shining a horror movie. People it is a horror movie. Mm, yeah. It, but it's a Kubrick. So it's what Kubrick it's does. Kubrick does. Yeah. It's a Kubrick movie. It's more um, of a psychological thriller yeah. and uh but it's labeled as a horror movie, and I generally, th- I do believe marriage. Kubrick has made the best sci-fi, the best period piece, and the best horror movie. And I think he's done the best dark comedy. Every genre he ever touched, I think he made the best version of it. Gone too soon. He died young, right? No, he, he was old. He was old, uh, really? He was. I mean, he wasn't young, but he was. I think he was in his sixties, sixties, seventies. That's young. I mean, Scorsese still make movies. Good Scorsese point. Good and point. Scott, but he wasn't like forty. Yeah, you know? I mean, but uh, yeah. So I think The Witch was like as a on a historical piece, it was amazing. The storytelling, the writing is so good. So good. Then that fucking twist at the end. Fuck me. So good. <laughs> But I always tell people, if you can get through the first 10 minutes, yeah, you're golden. It, it's it's uh, dramatic. It's, no. It fucks with you psychologically, yeah, the fact that the tough. baby goes missing. Yeah. And then, but yeah, so. No, good pick. But that was definitely my 2000s pick. Yeah, again, another underrated movie. Very underrated. And now this decade, obviously we're in the current decade, and so this movie may change. It's only two years in. We're only so. two years in, but we both chose movies that we watched this year, I believe. Right? Yeah. Which is good, because that means there's still good movies out there. I chose Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. You want to get bagels after this? An Everything Bagel? <laughs> <laughs> you Very, know, okay, it's so, so funny because like that concept in that movie didn't really hit me until after I saw it. It hits good. I was like, it hits, it hits, I was like, it hits. What the fuck was that Everything Bagel? Like, oh my God. Remember you talking about, oh, it was kind of stupid. I'm like, just just wait. Let that simmer a little bit. I was like, wait. wait. Great pick. Oh, everything, every, everything Everywhere All at Once. Great pick. I remember watching that one night. And it was one of those movies you just glued to every scene. Yeah. I wasn't... And I remember... There's an energy about that have, movie. Like, 20 minutes in, I wanted that movie to end so I could just tell my crew to watch the fucking movie. <laughs> like, because, you know, it's like, oh, man, this movie looks really good. I should tell people. It's like, let me finish it because, you know, I may go to dog shit. And I'm like, is it over yet? I got to tell everyone to watch this movie. <laughs> like, the act, it's just so... And, like, the- it's my thing. 
get weird. And that's what this movie does. Boy, does perfect. it get weird. Like, so I do think that maybe people might not buy into the weirdness of it. But if you do, you're in for a hell of a ride because they introduce, obviously, there are important themes within it that are, I wouldn't say hidden, but like they're within the context of like the weirdness that's going on, right? Family dynamics, mother-daughter relationship, life in general, like regrets, you know, there's obviously the multiverse element of it too. The actor's name, who I'm messing up, who played the kid in Temple of Doom, came back to do this movie, and I'm so glad he did because I think he's really the spirit of the movie. Yeah, uh, he, I thought he was a little annoying at first, but then when no, she, when dude, she, but then he really like, oh no, he's the whole point of the. Yeah, the I because I knew what his character was going to do, and I was waiting for that moment, and then he has that big moment, and you're like, this is what I was waiting for, the heart of the movie, if you will. Like you said, weird, unique, energetic. Like, you weren't bored. I was never bored. No, it's not I was, a boring movie. There were times where, like, yo, this is so fucking weird, but I'm digging it. But never was I like, you know, it's slow or whatever. And you keep trying to unravel what the hell's going on, what the hell's going on. And they keep throwing stuff at you, and you're like, what? But I thought this was happening. I was like, oh, okay, maybe this is like, of course it's this. And then it just keeps going and going, and you're just like, yes. And then it slows down at certain moments and kind of gives you a feel of, like, you know, what life could have been like. I'm a big fan of this movie and I recommend a lot of people to watch it. But again, I, I can understand the weirdness of it can be overwhelming it can be, at times. Yeah, it can be kind of off-putting too. Some off-putting, just, it's not for sure. Style. So if you don't like it, I, I understand that. I know a ton that. of people who would not watch it. Exactly. So it's maybe not for everyone, but I totally dug it and it was my favorite movie of the decade so far. Yeah, of course. <laughs> three for three in uh, historical. No, no, uh, theme, <laughs> but man, I remember when I watched this movie, and this is Dan's uh, 2020 movie. I told him, Dan, this is not the movie I was expecting it to be. And I love that too. Yeah, that's. that's I love that I love too. that when the trailer like circumvents the whole story. So the movie I picked for the best 28 and 20 is The Northman. Now, this is a movie I had been genuinely waiting for for years when they announced it. So. The Witch, The Lighthouse, and then he's like, yeah, he's doing a Robert Viking Robert Eggers' movie. number one fan, folks. Yeah, uh, he's, I'm up there. And he goes, and they announce, oh, yeah, by the way, his next movie is going to be a Viking movie. I'm like, oh, fucking yes, they don't make those. Show my people. Let's go. Let's go. Let's do some pillaging and burning, baby. And then when I hear like- Or did they show that? But then I hear like, oh, there's a Skarsgård in it. I'm like, all right, that's fucking awesome. And then Anna Taylor-Joy is in it. I'm like, all right, that's awesome, too. And then the, the cast gets better and better. And Cole Kidman. <laughs> yeah, on. I was like, okay. I remember I saw it in the theater. I saw it with the crew. You gotta say my crew, it's like, my best friend is, he doesn't have great taste, but he knows great when he sees it. Mm -hmm. So like, he'll recommend some movies to me and I'm like, oh, okay, that was not great. <laughs> but every like, but I'm like, no, you have to see this movie. And, and he gets it. So we saw Northman, another friend of ours, he's like the most cynical person on earth. Nothing's good, right? <laughs> At the end of that movie, I remember just sitting there and be like, this fucking movie rocked. This was the craziest <laughs> shit. I remember calling my brother and go, yo man, you gotta fucking see this movie. I'll see it again. Let's go. <laughs> All right. And he called me like on his way home from the theater with his son in the car screaming that was awesome <laughs> holy shit and it was just it's a movie that you it circumvents your entire expectations in the movie yeah. you're expecting this to be like this epic revenge you know like gathering an army taking that and it's not that it's Dude, a it, small story and it's deep too like it touched a lot on norse mythology it really got into characters motivations obviously sargard it seems like he's a savage and it seems like, you know, he's out for revenge, but he's more complex than that. Obviously, the single, you know, I love a good single take. There's a single shot and the sacking of that town is dude, all one shot. Dude, I felt uncomfortable how brutal that scene was. 
it's also that's what realistic. I loved because it's, it's everyone talks about fuck you Vikings, bro. That's right. I'll get my helmet. I'll get my beer and just I'll take it. No, nah, they dude. were fucking monsters. Like you did not want to be part Howling of a sacking. like wolves <laughs> and just like burning. Oh, the people berserkers. Alive. Yeah, they actually show like the berserker uh, oh, ritual, yeah. but like they show like no. This era fucking sucked. Even for the most powerful people, it was super dangerous. Yeah. Like when they show like all the kids, like they're loading them in the house. You're like, why are they doing that? And you're like, oh, no, you did not. And like you when see you hear their screams and just Because like, oh, this man. is also like coming from like someone who studies history. You always read, oh, and they, this guy sacked the town. And then they, and you're like, okay, that really sucked. Like, no. If you were part of a siege and you lost, like, there's a reason why, like, the men would kill their families yeah. because it's like, no, it's going to suck. Like, the best case scenario, you could be sold into slavery, and that's the best case scenario. Yeah. Brutal. Brutal. Absolutely. And brutal. you're supposed to be uncomfortable yeah. and, like, how dangerous these people were. And it's like, but you understand why they were dangerous. Yeah. They weren't just dangerous because they were assholes. Yeah. Because they had to survive. Beautiful cinematography. Oh, yeah. Um, and, like I said, really touching in. Norse mythology. Explains, like, the importance of point of view, yeah. too. Because certain things, like motivations, but it's like, yeah, but maybe you don't know the whole story. Exactly, you know? exactly. And we still have, like, eight more years to go in this decade. <laughs> but definitely mm -hmm. those two movies, I feel like, are top tier. Listen, man, predictions. I mean, there'll be a star, there'll be a couple Star Wars movies this year. Uh, not this year, this decade. There's going to be, they're doing the new Indiana Jones stuff. There's, like, a, more sequels. There's going to be a ton of superhero movies. You know, A24 is still banging out stuff like mm -hmm. there's a ton of stuff that's yeah, gonna come out but I think so far these two movies are definitely on the top of our watch yeah. list and you should check it out if you haven't watched it okay so five TV shows you can't live without yeah your man. first one here is The Wire The Wire I can't tell you how much I love this show no, it's uh, a great show I rewatched it during the pandemic there's obviously dated elements to it like the wiretapping and like using you know I think from a casting probably the casting director needs to be like in the hall of fame of like casting because the people that were casted they didn't act before like these were like new people that they just picked yeah, up from they, the streets got some, like unknown like he, he didn't do anything people. after his name was Idris Elba or something yeah he never did anything after. <laughs> yes obviously a few came on to bigger things but in the beginning they were not oh, no, super they were well nobodies. known and also don't um, forget that's before HBO was HBO right now yeah. people who watched like Oz knew what HBO was. Yeah. But not everyone was watching Oz. And they weren't show was Oz just a one off thing where they're gonna keep making yeah. shows and then they like do that. The wire and, and then do the wire and Sopranos and the rest is as they say is history. Yeah. But I just love everything at that show because each season is uniquely different. I love that they did that. Like they're doing like I like uh, I like the idea every season is a different like case. Different, so to different speak. case, so to speak. The characters are so great to follow. She uh, even even you know <laughs> major crimes. <laughs> she like you better I remember the first episode of the pilot's like you better not come back a murder and I love how that was such a twist on like because every cop show was like these rugged detectives who care and next like no here's a cop who's burned out he's tired and he's like fucking I don't want to write the an asshole drunken yeah like these human basically human I love that they like yeah that's like no this is and I also like how it's kind of like the give and take of like how the parallels of like the gangs and the cops how like exactly like, that like that's one of my favorite part of the show is like you know everything's connected as Omar Little said you know Rest oh yeah it's also like an amazing um, um those are like like because that's like essentially Williams. like they always explain that character as like he's like the lone gunman in the west and he they shot him like that where he's like walking through the streets on with purpose a yeah that's all on purpose coat, yeah mm -hmm. uh do rag on 
Omar's coming. Omar's coming. And he's gay, which is like another breaking of the stereotype. Decades like, before. Decades that before, was yeah. Like, but so smart and clever, and he understood the game, you know? Mm-hmm. Man's got to have a code, you oh, know? I live by that. Man's got to have know, a code. I you know, um, everything about that show I love, so was, I, no, yeah, I can't yeah. live without that show. Mm-hmm. Uh, give me your first one. My first one I picked was Band of Brothers. Oh, man. So I... Right, right in the field. I watch this every year, at least once a year. That's great. And I think it ages perfectly. You can't well. live without it. <laughs> uh, I can't. And you know, it's it was like the beginning of like Tom Hanks's push to show like this after this series. That's when like the World War II monument got built. Mm-hmm. Like you know, it kind of I mean it idolizes and it's like you know it's got some like pro America ideologies in sure, it. Sure, um, sure, sure, yeah. But I mean, I think they make up for that in the Pacific, like you know, because mm-hmm. they kind of show more ground and stuff. But the joke too is like if you watch Band of Brothers, every known major male actor Dude. is in that show. Tom Everyone, Hardy, Damien Lewis, or he Fastbenders in that too. Yeah. Like they're all there's tons of them. Yeah, you know, and it's just it's. I, th- I mean, it's it is what it is. I mean, it's grounded, it's realistic. It really shows an appreciation for the World War II generation and like what these people go through, and the really good storytelling, and it's fun, and it's you know everyone's got a favorite episode. It's just you know it's on you know it's just I mean it's a quick and easy one. It's memorable you know, too, and that's I think that's what with all these TV shows. I came shows, to that show missing. late too. Yeah, I remember when it first came out. My my crew was like, "You gotta watch Band of Brothers, man." But I was like, and I really liked like Saving Private Ryan. But I'm like, eh. I mean, I also too was like thinking it was gonna be the shitty low quality World War II show, mm. you know? And I was like, yeah, yeah it's gonna be yeah. dog shit. And then one night, I borrowed it from a friend. I'm like, hey, let me just watch the first episode. And actually, no, scratch that. My history teacher showed us the first episode. Oh, in class. that's in an school. interesting gateway. It was my senior year. It, I had, he was one of the best teachers I had. Some of the best teachers I ever had were history teachers, go figure. But this guy, his name was Mr. Carpluck. Carpluck. And he was, he was like a bro though. He was like, you know, he's, uh, he was part of a fraternity. And he was like, but he did things like he knew how to get people interested in history in high good. school. And what Which he did easy. was, yeah, exactly. It's <laughs> like, especially senior year and he's teaching us U.S. history. You know, oh, it's boy. like, okay, here I am. Like, I'm fucking ready. Everyone else is like this is socks right <laughs> so one day i think he shows the first episode of band of brothers is the episode and i'm like oh this is like a real show this isn't some shitty like while and i remember the next i went home and i just watched the whole thing yeah and yeah like i said i watched band of brothers um actually almost everything on my tv list i watch every year that's great that um, I, I i don't think i do the same for mine but yeah i think i think it's important mine are that- also a little shorter so yeah yeah I, I think for these TV shows you can't live without like no matter if you've seen them every year or you don't see them for a while you know what you're getting and you know you're yeah. going to be satisfied mm-hmm. watching them like so my second show is Breaking Bad obviously it's a lot of people's favorite shows see not you a know. fan I know not I know it's fan. not yours but I, I think for me and I, I was late to, I was super late to the game actually no I, I wouldn't say that I, I think I watched we were young when that came out yeah we were young um I watched the first four seasons before the fifth season came on. Okay. So like uh, that year, that year or six months before so the you fifth were caught season up before the finale. I was right? caught up okay. before the finale, the final season. But it's it's such a simple story. It's such a simple character arc that I love that it's so good because it's super simple. Like my next show on the list is not simple at all. <laughs> it's actually the complete opposite of Breaking Bad in terms of simplicity. But for me, I love how just like it's it's a it's a very basic idea very basic show but it's presented in a attractive way that the story and the characters you will just you'll ride with them and it's five seasons i've always said and you and i have like banged this on the hill that's That's got to be the cut off yeah you go more than five seasons you're bound to lose the luster 
yeah, I think it's the perfect character arc. As a writer, I can appreciate the journey of the character and what they went through. I'm pretty sure Vince Gillian knew from episode one. If I may it, not like the show, but I have nothing but respect for that man. Dude, and that guy, that guy knows, knows the craft. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I can't say without that about a, a lot of without people. Without a doubt. He knows the craft and he knows what he wants to do. Not everyone may like it, obviously, but I appreciate he just has such a handle on it. So yeah, Breaking Bad's a show I can't live without. Okay, I, I can see it. Yeah. It's not a bad pick. It's just not for me. Yeah. But uh, but no, like. Uh, and this show we actually just talked about earlier on. Yes. <laughs> Which <laughs> is why I kind of. I'll make my run quick on this one. So my number two was the BBC version of Sherlock. Dan, are you a cumber bitch? <laughs> oh yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, hello. I saw mine. <laughs> listen, my thing with uh, Sherlock is. Uh, I found that when Netflix was like streaming was in its infancy, like in like mm. back when it was not money. House of Cards doesn't come out yet; doesn't come out for years at this point. And there was a lot of documentaries and a ton of British television. Yeah, and I love I, British TV. I think they have a deal with BBC where, like, obviously, will first show on. BBC. Yeah, it's on Sky first, and then it shoots over. But they'll give a second life to it on Netflix. Yeah, and that's where I found like Luther and like Torchwood, Peaky Blinders, like all those like type of shows. I just I I loved what the BBC like Britain Mm -hmm. was doing with their TV. You know, it was at least something different. It's a and also it was a format that I was more comfortable with. I was fine with like an hour and a half episode, but three episodes, you know, stuff like that. And then Sherlock, the TV show, gave birth to my uh, obsession with Sherlock Holmes, the character, Mm. because after watching that show. I jumped and I started reading the books. Oh, interesting. Um, I watched the other movies. And like I said, I even genuinely like the Guy Pierce one. You know, it's... Yeah, with Robert Downey Jr. Robert Downey Jr. And it's like, it's an insanely well adaption and modernization of the character. Yeah. There's even like a quick little documentary, I think, on YouTube, like how they modernize the writing. Like, so in the first episode, there's a scene where Sherlock is like examining a cell phone. Mm -hmm. And it's funny because in the book, he's examining a pocket watch. So it's like a parallel. What is a modern pocket watch? A cell phone, right? And they talk about how they broke all those things down. And that's when yeah. you know they really care. Yeah, and they did like I mean, <laughs> I mean it's like silly to when say, they introduced yeah. like Irene Adler and like you know Watson and all the other characters, it's really clever. You know, it's like how like essentially like Watson and Holmes meet at the bar of London. You know, and stand Watson played by uh, Martin Freeman. Martin Freeman. But in the show, they meet at a laboratory. And it's just like kind of cool things where they modernize it, you know. It's like, it's like Sherlock would not go to a fucking pub. Like, yeah. no. Like, and the modern Sherlock wouldn't. The, the old one, like, even in the books, like, he wasn't, he was an alcoholic and a drug addict, but he didn't go to pubs. Like, it's fucking Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. But it's like funny because, like, their friend, like, Stanford is like there. And it's just like, there's some deep cuts to, like, the, the characters. And it's just um, a very well produced show. Yeah. And totally. they, and they end it too. It goes on to four seasons and, there's like a Christmas special and there's some really clever stuff what they do with it because they do like the Hound of Baskerville and like they they bring in the, they do the stories but they modernize them. But what's really good is like they knew like Freeman and Cumberbatch were getting very big actors. Yeah. So they ended it before it just disappeared. Yeah. And I think the ending was really good and yeah, I just, it's a show I come back to every year. The character who plays Moriarty is also Hot Priest, if anyone knows that reference. Good job. (laughs) Yeah, it's just, it's definitely, it's a great watch. Yeah. It's, yeah. Very cool. Very cool. The next one on my list. Actually, we should hopscotch one because we have a matching one. 
So my third is your yes, your last. So is your last. So let's, let's talk. We'll talk. Yeah, we'll talk about this one together. So we both put Cowboy Bebop. Yeah, man. I mean, what is there? To say? It is. What is this? It's the tentpole anime. I mean, it's the thing that even like anyone who's critical of anime goes, well, yeah. There's Cowboy Bebop. You and I bonded over our love for this show on a road trip. The famous road trip we keep referring yep. to. I can't tell you. How cool that show is! How stylized that show is! How Everyone, deep, oh, how deep that show is! There are I, certain monologues in that show. Obviously, it's an anime show, so it'll have its silly anime. I mean, moments. I love the quote: "See you, Space Cowboy." It's such yeah. a good like jive. I mean, the music's amazing. The writing, the animation is great. Like no one was doing that at that time, and no one has done it since. Right. That style. The stories they were trying to tell, because essentially it's about loneliness. Yeah. And finding oneself, because it's a great- The correlation of being out in space and, and, mm. and being so lonely. So Cowboy Bebop is an anime that takes place in the future where people are, there's about a group of bounty hunters and they're going around having adventures. But it's a deeper story. It's funny. It's dark. You know, there's real tragedy in it. It's the story of what happens to the hero after the big event. Is essentially right. all these characters, their major life event has already happened. And it's now them living It's their like your lives. post-career. Like these were like, you know, superstars in their fields, and now they're just not yeah. retired, it's but essentially like their second career. Like it's the what happens when, you know, it's like the big movie, the big old yeah, the basketball star, he makes the game and he wins and he gets the ring and he's super popular. It's like, okay, what happens? What happened to the team that lost after that event? Yeah. That's essentially what this is. Yeah. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's a cop. You know, it deals with like a bounty hunter who's like his history. He was a cop and like he gets betrayed and like all the, and then it's like a this femme fatale. A femme fatale character who also like what happens to the femme fatale when like she gets ripped off? Yeah. You know, and then there's like a Yakuza fighter. What happens check, when yeah. like he gets betrayed by his best friend and there's no big epic revenge for him? He's just going on with his life now. Mm-hmm. It's like, I love it because it's telling the stories that aren't told. It's like, yeah, what happens to those people after the war, yeah. after that? Yeah. You know, it's, I mean, the writing, the story, the characters, it's like, and it's like, they're all generally doing the same thing, but it's, you know, you just also fall in love with these characters. Yeah. And it still holds up. I, I try and catch it every time I, I reach a lull. Well, another one I'm watching every year. Yeah, for sure. For sure. All right. You go or I go. Um, so we eliminated one. So we got two left each. You can go. Let's, let's talk about your next Okay. One. Foreign show. Okay. You know, I was debating, for some reason, I put this show down really quick. And then I thought to myself, why did I do that? I was like, oh, I know why. Because I don't think there'll ever be a show like this for me in a long while. This is on Netflix. It's called Dark. It's a German show. One of those hidden gems. No one watched this show when I first watched it. It came out at the same time as Stranger Things, and they tried to market it as a similar. Well, I understand that because like they were trying to get an audience for it, but this is not Stranger Things no, at all. It's no, no, no. far more superior. Three seasons. It's, it's a different story. It's a different story and an incredibly complex show. And when I mean by complex, it's like you got to follow multiple errors uh, of time. I had to have a sheet. I had to have a guide. Dan Dan made a spreadsheet. It's just to make sure of like what which characters from which decade and who correlates to who. My man tried to relearn German watching the show. And <laughs> oh God boy, did I gave up on like, that one. Fuck. <laughs> I gave up on that. So essentially, it's a time travel story. Yes, but it's. With interconnecting um, I, families. I had problems with it, but it was definitely one of my favorite time travel stories. So they always say never do time travel, right? Never, yes, never touch that travel. because... Good just, fucking luck. There's right. so many complexities here, but holy hell. Oh, this when, carries it. Like When you see how they connected everything in this show, I got a, such an appreciation of like how they had to map everything out. Because you can't do this. You can't map this out 
as you go along. You know, one of those like, oh, we're making it up as along, aka what they said for Lost. Um, <laughs> but you have to plan out the connection of the characters because if you don't, it's gonna. My only critique is I think it went on, it went on a little too long. Maybe they didn't need a season three. I think you could have done that in two seasons. But um, but at the same time. Yeah. Well, how can I say this? Like, it didn't... I agree with you. I think they could have definitely condensed the story a little bit. Yeah. But, man, the delivery... But no, I loved it. I watched, the delivery in terms of just, like, it setting up... a couple places. Some of the dialogue gets a little weak, but it is a very good show. Yeah, setting up the scenarios and setting up... There's a causality and effect... Not to, oh, which not is to quote never, the Mervinci from The Matrix. Yeah, but it also doesn't <laughs> it, it doesn't in a way that most TV shows never do. Never did it. That's why I think I don't think I'll see a show like this. You're for, probably not. But it is um, it's definitely a, I would recommend that show. It's it's a great science fiction yeah, show. Yeah, and super memorable to me and that kind of just one of those hidden gems that just I couldn't get enough of it. So Dark on Netflix if you want to catch definitely, it out. Definitely, definitely. All right, we got another anime. I think the rest it's, of the rest of our episodes are anime. This one's not really an anime; it's an adult cartoon. You're right. Sorry, I I was trying to connect. Like, yeah, they're it, all not live action. No, they're animations. <laughs> yeah, this one I put on my list is Rick and Morty. Now, people don't realize how brilliant Dan Harmon, the creator of both uh, Rick and Morty I, and Community, is. But he, is he might be one of the He's one Top of the screenwriters right now of all time. Yeah. Not of well, maybe. No, I'm I'm definitely I'll put him in the hat for his uh, maybe uh, maybe because I just love his work and how he approaches stories. Maybe hyperbole or maybe not. Maybe we'll look. He's at him. a mess of a human being, oh, but dear. he came up with a justification. I'm not gonna lie, he spoke to me on many levels. They were like referencing like how like he always kind of does things sort of shooting from the hip and he's like kind of doing it last minute and you know he's always kind of just always waiting to the last possible second bangs it out and that's it is and people would tell him he's like well imagine what he could do if he like spent the week writing this opposed to just coming up with this at the last possible second and he's his rebuttal to that. I love is no the reason why I was able to write so well is because I waited to the last moment Mm. it's a great justification because people think like people who procrastinate do shitty work and that's not true and that is not true because I'm a procrastinator and I think I make and, good work. And that's Sam. <laughs> so am I. I consider myself a procrastinator yeah. and uh, I and that, that like hit home because I'm like no because if I waited a week it would not be this good. Yeah, because like I th- I think when you give yourself time you can t- constantly tinker. I'm gonna stop start tinkering and, I'll start and fucking it's with gonna it. like it's gonna break be it a hot mess. I have totally like a, right. I have like a rule with certain things like I uh, I keep journals. And kind of more of like an archive of my life, just so it's there. I have a rule. Once I write it, once I proof it, I never go back to it. I will never read it again. That's good for you, man. Because I'm, af- I'm that too <laughs> afraid because I know I will go back and I'll start editing and yeah. removing or may even delete it entirely. And yeah. I, and that's you what- run that risk. And Absolutely. I know I'll do that. I'll be like, I was like, the last thing I want to do is read my thoughts when I was 18 years old. Oh, fuck that nightmare. Yikes. Like- it's yeah. going to be cringe. It's going to be uncomfortable. It's going to be ideas and views I definitely do not believe in yeah. now. But then I can't have that removed. I, not that any, like not that this is gold, but it's if I'm going to preserve some sort of archive of my life, I can't edit it. Right. So right. or remove it. What's you can't the point? It, yeah. So when he said that about like being a procrastinator, like yeah, because if he if you gave him a week, he would start dissecting it and he'd start. That's why I also think That's South such Park. Such a simple way to like approach a. Because people consider procrastination a flaw. I don't see it as a flaw. No. It could be annoying, but it's not a flaw. Like it's like yeah, because you're killing why, yourself in that one day. Oh right? no, it sucks. But it's like 
That's why I think South Park is so successful is because they do it in six days. Now, if they waited a month, it probably wouldn't be as good. Yeah. It'd be yeah. definitely different. Yeah. So, but no, Rick and, uh, Rick and Morty, I think, is a, uh, it's a show that's ahead of its time that's actually getting to do what it deserves because the characters are really great. I love how it's a par- initially a parody of Back to the Future. Back to the Future, yep. But like, there are just, there are lines in it that just hit way too well. Mm-hmm. Like, there's like, in the, uh, the, the season that had just happened where it's like, they're, they're kind of like, it's like the snake people. And it's, like, and it's just, he constantly bumps into Nazi civilizations. And around that time, he goes, when did this become the default? Is such a great line. And yeah. it's, I mean, and on the surface, it's like an alcoholic mad scientist. But then there's some really heavy jokes in there. Like, Rick is supposed to be the smartest man in the universe, but even he can't figure out a solution to Israel and Pakistan. Like, I love that. <laughs> that is such a good joke. Like, and it's like barely like even said and like bored ass 18 year olds would be like, whatever. But me as a 35-year-old man, like that is that fucking hits, awesome. That hits Even well. he can't figure it out. Yeah. Like it's it's such a it's a and it, it's just a fucking slap. Yeah. I, I like that like I said, Dan Harmon just knows how to craft a story and just knows how to just build up these scenarios and these ideas in a sometimes out there way. But mm-hmm. I mean, like you said, he he has lines and he has scenarios just just really hit home for those that, that like that stuff. Um, good pick. One last TV show for me. This is the one I grew up with watching. This was gonna, a, this is what I, I was it was going to put this on. But then I decided Rick and Morty. So like. I guess you don't realize how much more of an adult show it was until you like rewatch episodes, but Batman the Animated Series. Now, I love me Batman. He's my favorite superhero. But that show growing up, I believe it was the WB or Fox that I watched one, it. Um, that was Warner Bros. Uh, mm, I think it was Fox. It was Fox. One of those Saturday cartoons. I forget which channel. But I grew up watching that show, and the more I try and remember the episodes of it, the more... I think that's when I knew I loved storytelling, mm. believe it or not. Mm. I can believe that. It seems like it's... It was Warner Brothers, by the way. Yeah, Warner Brothers. So I would be so excited to watch another Batman animated series episode because, you know, granted, had a beginning, middle, and end most episodes, right? But it would present the stories in a way that me as a kid would understand and also... When you watch it as an adult, you would understand and understand yeah. the nuances. They were doing that. stuff with that animated show that wasn't being done for cartoons for kids. Exactly. At that point, I, mean, I think that's what attracted to me because, like, because it's a serious story. Exactly. You, know? you could also see your Looney Tunes, obviously, and you see all those other like wacky, you know, fun cartoons. But even like the intro is dark. Like Gotham is dark. It's not a comfortable place. I yeah. mean, it's maybe um, that's because it was so different than all the other cartoons. That's why I gravitated yeah. towards it. It was also a maturity for the age too. exactly like, the like, maturity like it was it. Mm-hmm. i mean come on also you know you you've got kevin conroy and then you got mark hamill i mean it's like come on like you can't pick legendary you know. voice actors for sure uh, well you heard the stuff like do you ever hear the story mark hamill said about um him getting that role so he auditions for it and he's like i'm not getting the joker i'm fucking luke skywalker like they're not gonna give the greatest like a hero the worst villain like yeah. it's never gonna happen yeah. but he's like but you know what i'm gonna make it really hard for them to say no so he does that voice and he puts his all into it and what an iconic and he literally they give voice. him the vo- they give him the part he's like 
oh fuck <laughs> like i gotta do that now like he did it on a po- he said that story on a podcast and i was like dying because it's so true because he's like because he's like the thing is mark hamill is like a big nerd like he's like really is it? but oh, yeah. he's like oh i just love the idea he's like oh i'm just gonna make them make it really hard for them to say no because they're gonna have to say no to me because they can't give luke skywalker the joker and they did and it's he's forever like that like more I think, people but I also think, recognize that than yeah. him as luke skywalker no which is crazy to think of that yeah think about that for yeah. a sec but I think also a part of him maybe loved the idea of him breaking out from just being known as Luke Skywalker. That's any and known as a maniac, maniac, the laugh, clown. Such, yeah, I mean, most people like yeah, it's like you got Heath Ledger as the Joker or Jack Nicholson, but it's like everyone knows Mark Hamill. They all know that laugh, and it's so good. It's so good. I mean, so many Joker iterations. He's obviously in the top two for mm-hmm. sure with Heath Ledger. Yeah. Memorable show. I'm I mean, really even interested. Had, like, Danny Elfman did this theme to it. Yeah. Like, I'm really interested to see what they do with the new one coming up mm-hmm. for HBO. So we'll see. But man, childhood show that just catapulted my interest in storytelling for sure. Mm-hmm. Without a doubt. No, that, that, that was going to be mine, but I decided Rick and Morty instead. And one that I really liked, and I'm glad you put it down, Ghost in the Shell, Stand Alone. Really? Oh, You've seen that? My man. Okay. So. Dude, Like that, there was a time when I got really into cyberpunk. I don't know if I told you this. I'm uh, fucking surprised. Well, there's other parts of the story, but I'll tell you off air yeah. why I got into cyberpunk. Okay. It wasn't just about storytelling. It was about music, too. Well, uh, yeah. <laughs> so, all right. So, there's the Ghost in the Shell movie, which mm-hmm. is phenomenal. Great. But then they made a show. The animated movie, not the one with Scarlett Johansson. I think we have to clarify that for... Yeah. Not all so. viewers will get it, Dan, so... I'm aware. I mean, <laughs> you know, it is what it is. But it came out in the mid-90s. Uh, I think so, like 92, 93. 92, 93, early uh, It might have been 95, but um, so, yeah, so that comes out. Then the they come out with a, an animated series. Series, yeah. But I love that they changed the vibe of it. Mm-hmm. And they essentially make a cyberpunk police, police like procedural. Uh, it's a procedural, yeah. like homicide, every, life in the street. Like it's, it's like, literally like, yeah. de- co- like Cop show. cyberpunk detectives, but in like every episode, and it was very clever because there's an overarching story, but then every episode has like a monster of the week. And yeah. this is a show I watch. And both they do two seasons. They're both 26 episodes each. Like there's a lot. And then they do a spinoff movie. And the animation's really good. The, the voice actors are really good. It's a show I watch at least once a year. Yeah. It's yeah. called Ghost in the Shell Standalone Complex. It's not, and I like that it's not a sequel to the movie. It's its own story. It's its own they separate act, yeah, thing. It's yeah, it's because they change a lot of things and they kind of, they're telling a different story too. Yeah. Ghost in the Shell is telling a very, and I think important story, but the Standalone Complex is not. That's why it's actually called Standalone Complex too. Is that it's like, Which is, yeah, I've never, I didn't understand why they call it. And then I guess I understood why it was. I'm yeah. actually surprised you are. Yeah, that was and oh, that yeah, was dude. I, I, that was when I was watching everything Cyberpunk. On I bought a bootleg on eBay of that show because I could not get a copy of it English dubbed on the internet. I had to buy, I had to spend like twenty bucks. So eBay used to be riddled with bootlegs of anime collections for a fraction of the price that were dubbed. And I bought this and I ha- I since have bought a legit copy of it now. <laughs> but that is definitely one of the um, yeah. to me like one of the mo- like one of my more important shows that I uh Soundtrack also hits so well, too. Yeah, so those are our five TV shows we can't live without. Mine are The Wire, Breaking Bad, Dark, Batman the Animated Series, and Cowboy Bebop. Dan also said Cowboy Bebop, Band of Brothers, Sherlock, Rick and Morty, and Ghost in the Shell Standalone Complex. If you guys know those, great. 
awesome that you like it as well. But if you haven't seen it, definitely check it out. We highly recommend it because not only were those memorable for us, we still watch them and we still yeah. I, I made them, made know? a point to pick shows that I'm still watching yeah. that I will rewatch. But yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right, so let's power through the last five of our 555 deal. Okie Uh Five video games you're taking on an island. Now, maybe I should have talked about this earlier pregame, but I was thinking single-player games because, you know, um, if, I if, can you're make like, adjustment. if you're like... If you're like doing like a landline or you're doing like online gaming with people. So <laughs> my like, last one, I can make an adjustment. Sure, sure, sure. So let me let me give you my five and then we'll go through five. Let's wrap and roll. First one, you know me well that you knew I was going to put this down. Final Fantasy VII, the RPG that got me into RPGs. This video game did so much for me in the same way that Batman did for me in TV. Final Fantasy did for me in terms of storytelling and video games. I love the characters. I love you know, the story, I love, you know, the gameplay, everything about it is fun, fun, fun. This one we shared, which is no surprise because this game is a masterpiece. This game will continue to be a masterpiece as years go on. The recent uh, God of War that came out in 2018. I'm actually replaying it right now. I'm actually going to play it now that I have two weeks off before I head into my next phase of my job. Well, the new one's about to come out. I'm like, I got an ass to replaying it right now. I'm like, this game was so good. Ah, dude, I, I know. I got I got it. Next week, I'm going to start playing it. We both love that. We put that on our list. I put Metal Gear Solid 3 specifically hmm. three because you're a fucking psycho because i'm a psycho <laughs> yes and that game i played way too many times and i don't know what it was about that game that you know maybe it was more the gameplay than the actual story or maybe it was both because i love the whole idea of like your mentor like just constantly in your head and you're trying to make a name for yourself but also trying to live in the shadow of you know arguably the greatest shoulder in American history mm-hmm. and the twist that it is actually the prequel to the See, entire franchise. I, I've played the entire franchise and I think five is amazing. Phantom uh, Pain. Phantom Pain's really good. I'm oh, sorry, four. Guns of the Patriots. Of you the know, Patriots. a lot of people think that's the weakest Because it's fucking weird and I like weird. One <laughs> of you, you don't, understand You don't this. think Metal Gear Solid 3 is weird with like the Cobra yeah, unit? No, it is weird. The dude has bees, Dan, as like shooting bees as like a gun and then he has a, a dude with a flamethrower and then a dude that like uh, is camouflaged and shoots poison darts. Like, no, it's, it's crazy. It's Kojima. It's Kojima. It's Kojima. Kojima. Let's um, leave it at that. But no, um, and honestly, any Metal Gear Solid game you put on that it's is big. absolutely fine. <laughs> that's, that's, that totally makes sense. Um, so that one I put down. Another recent one that the sequel was not as good as the original because I thought the original had such an awesome story. Uh, Horizon Zero Dawn. That story is amazing. I love the gameplay. I love the concept of robot dinosaurs. Who doesn't yeah, I mean, love it's that? Robot dinosaurs. Robot dinosaurs. Enough said. Fantastic. And I just and but when is, I, now is this the the remake like the all of it the entire the new ones or the the new, the new ones and just in general because I grew up the last game I put down is Tomb Raider. Okay. I grew up with the original Tomb Raiders on mm-hmm. PlayStation. That's one of my first action adventure games that will always have a place in my heart because that introduced me to like you know the shooter single player Laura Croft you know I all that. I remember finding the remake and it like reviewed bo- it reviewed like horrible for some reason the remake to me and you recommended to me, you actually put it on my PC I, found, I got it on Steam for like nine bucks and I remember playing I'm like why did this review but this is amazing the like, gameplay and the I like Uncharted games and I'm like this is just the next exactly, step in Uncharted exactly. let's it was, do it it was phenomenal so I think Tomb Raider in general I put down as like the game but mm-hmm. it could obviously refer to the remake because the remake is fantastic so those are my five games Final Fantasy 7 The New God of War Metal Gear Solid 3 
Horizon Zero Dawn, Tomb Raider. If I'm on an island and no mm-hmm. one's going to rescue me for the foreseeable future. Yeah, you've got future, a while, but I got a while. So you got a lot of games on yeah. that. There's some long ass games on All right, there. Dan, hit me through with your list. All right. So out of my five, the first one I put on here is Castlevania Symphony of the Night. Dude, as far as platforming games go, and like. It's uh, the peak of the Castlevania yeah. series. It's an RPG that's also got the side scrolling stuff. I mean, the, you know, shit. I mean, the Dark Souls games like pull from them for so much. Mm-hmm. I don't know this, but I may hold a Guinness World Record for this game. I've never submitted (laughs) the item, and I don't plan to, uh, because I would have to submit my memory card, and I'm not doing that. I reached max level in that game. Apparently, it was told you could not do. Yeah, which it was. But I have done it. I am level 99 in that. I have done utterly everything. You still have the memory card? Oh, yeah. Lock and key. I have the memory card, and I even uploaded the memory card to the PS3 which then in turn to the PS4 and then to the PS5. So it is backed up on a console. You had to buy that special adapter for the PS3. Yeah, yeah. Interessante. Um, it is one of my... I remember my brother bought that game. He beat it, but he's an idiot. He didn't realize there's two endings. <laughs> and I remember me and my best friend, we just sat there at like one weekend and we just did everything in that game. Mm-hmm. It was just... We just... Our lives disappeared uh, on that. And that was... Definitely. To this day, I own every copy, of, every version of that game I own a copy of. It's on the PSP, the Vita, every PlayStation console, the original disc, all the yeah. downloadables. I have it all. Yeah, so that's that's absolutely where I'm standing with that. Very cool. Then I also put Persona 5. I have to get on that. Yo, bro. Uh, it's but a, but it's a I'd probably lose my, lose it's my It's fucking life, worth right? it. It's so <laughs> worth it. Okay, so the Persona... I know you put a lot of hours into it, too. <laughs> all right, so... Explain the, what it is, because I don't think a lot of people know what Persona All right, Persona... Well, Persona 5 is super popular, but it's not as popular as it should be. So Persona is a series. There's five of them, but every one of them tells a different story. Mm-hmm. So it's a Japanese RPG. It's a JRPG where you play a protagonist who is a high school student. So you play a high school guy, and it's essentially part visual novel, part turn-based fighter, part slice of life simulator. So essentially, Persona 5 is you play the protagonist and you show up to Tokyo and you are living your life as a high school student and mystical magical powers happen and you have to save the world. All right. But the whole point of the game, it's it's an RPG, so it's a turn-based RPG, but it's also dating simulator slash slice of life. So you're also a high school student, so you get like a crew. You start meeting friends, and the way the game is structured is you can have like romantic entanglements, and you and your best friend can become like from friends to best friends. Like, but there's so much to the game. There are characters you can meet that affect things that you do in the game, but then you can just also ignore that kid if you play it in a different way. The style, the music, the mm. story they're telling is just so smooth. It's just, God damn it, it's so good. I've played Persona 5 when it came out. Mind you, these are like, this is a heavy game. Persona 5 probably takes about 80 hours to beat. So, and that's if you're just bullet throwing it. Yeah, you probably, depending on your work I've, schedule or life schedule. I have put, I have played this game technically three times. I played when it first came out. I played it. I beat it. I put in about 95 hours. Then they came out with Persona 5 Royal, which was like a revamp of the game. And they added more content and added more storylines. They added more characters you can meet. And they added like a big chunk of more story. I beat that one in about 120 hours. Mm -hmm. Then I realized I screwed up. And there's a point in that game where if you don't do one thing, you don't get any of the new content. So I went back and played it again to get the new content in the game. (laughs) You're like me. You're like, I didn't complete that. Well, I bought the damn Royal (laughs) and I didn't get the new content. It's because I was an idiot. So (laughs) I did that again. So I put in way too. And it killed me because when I 
played it the third time, I remember beating it. I'm like, I'm probably never going to play this game again because mm. I just played too you much. Just burned it. it. You just burned it out of your But soul. it's one of those moments when I was replaying it the second time. I'm like getting pumped because the music's going and I'm like, yeah, we fucking go. The soundtrack's <laughs> on Spotify. I highly recommend you listen to it. It just slaps. It's so good. But yeah, Persona 5 is definitely, it was a sleeper. And then I beat four multiple times and it's so good. God of War is also on my list, but mm-hmm. we, you know, we talked about how amazing that game is. Yep. Now, I put Elder Scrolls, and I specifically was saying uh, Elder Scrolls Skyrim. Skyrim. This is a game that's always installed on my PC. It's always the game I go back to when I've got some time to kill or I'm bored. I mean, it's Elder Scrolls. It's Skyrim. I mean, it's, you know, you're, you're, you're Viking running around in these. I liked... I'm not a big fan of open world games, but I always love the Elder Scrolls system. Mm. I like that. It's just, just go. Yeah, I, I think the main both, story yeah. is never good. It's all the side quests that are really good. Yeah. And the stuff you could do. Like, I mean, stupid stuff. Like, I didn't realize my character could be turned into a vampire. I got bit by a vampire. I didn't realize until guards started attacking me for no reason. And then I had to figure out how to remove the vampire curse. And there's a whole thing to do that. And it was just, you know, it's just, it's Sky, you know, it's Elder Scrolls, man. It's yeah, Skyrim. you're in it. You commit to that type of game. Yeah, man. And then, uh, okay, so I didn't realize that I didn't read the whole thing when you said that. (laughs) That was my bad. We put single player (laughs) games. So I put Battlefield series. Yeah. Now I will have a, I have an an alternative, but if it has to be single player only, but Battlefield, God damn it. I always say you're either a Call of Duty guy or you're a Battlefield guy. And Mm -hmm. I used to really like Call of Duty until I discovered Battlefield. I remember the year I graduated from high school, Battlefield 2 had come out. I got a copy of it. I put in 140 hours of that game Mm. in one summer. Damn. Now, here's the thing. I knew I got too good because I saw they had a tournament, an actual like paid tournament for it. And I watched it and there was people that won. And I knew that person because I had beaten him multiple times in Battlefield. So you probably could have took in the bag if you went there. That's how fucking good I got (laughs) at that game at the time. And, you know, there's been some good uh, entries into Battlefield and some bad ones. And um, But that was definitely my but Since that has to be single player only, my alternative to that was going to be Rome Total War. Rome Total War? Or any of the Total War games. Mm. So the Total War games is a mix between, it's a real-time strategy, grand strategy. So what they do is all the Total War games, they come out like every year, every other year, and it's like a particular historical period. So Rome is the Rome one. So you essentially have to build Rome, but you conquer cities, but it's not just like, like the game like Civilization where it's like, all right, here's Rome, and then next to it is a little city, and you just move your little tile, and you fight, and that's it. This does grand strategy on a global scale, but then it zooms in into the battlefield field and you're actually commanding like those epic hundred thousand man armies on the battlefield in real time and it's just as a history nerd it's like the absolute it's the go-to yeah it whets your appetite for sure and that is absolutely yeah that is i mean i remember when rome total war came out me and my crew were playing it one summer and it's a long like it takes a while to be would you say roman history is your favorite look back at history like Mm. the period of time i'm gonna mm, no what's your favorite period of time that you like to learn about or my favorite period peri- I mean Alexander the Great in his I mean see the thing is I like to like focus on particular people people so I mean not if, necessarily time periods I mean if I had to pick a favorite time period it would probably be hmm the Napoleonic era maybe 
Yeah. I'd probably be like the Napoleonic era. So you're probably super excited for that new release. Kind of I'm movie. fucking dying for that movie. <laughs> I know you um, and I have talked about it. On, yeah, no, it would definitely be that. But I've also studied, like, there are, like, historical figures that I've I've studied. Mm-hmm. You know, I have studied Alexander the Great, Napoleon. I've studied Julius Caesar, Emperor Claudius, Marcus Hilarius. I also really like the Crusade period. I mean, the Crusades are horrible. But, like, that era of time, I've always been fascinated with Rome because it was, I, you know, it was, it was then and then it was the only time mankind's ever digressed is the dark ages now movies have kind of portrayed the dark ages dark ages weren't that i mean it was brutal but it wasn't they weren't that dumb right like they were aware of things yeah but like the napoleonic era like his rise to fit like i read about napoleon if you ever want to die read napoleon a life it's about a about 40 hours to read it good luck um, if you want but it's amazing because it goes into like how he really took power and like the shit he was doing and it's just like yeah you know but yeah that would have if I had to pick a general time period for me that would be considered the most interesting it's either right. that or um, the golden age of the Muslim rule mm. uh, how you know people don't really talk about how they really at one point had an empire greater than it. Rome's like you know there's the, the golden age of mankind and it's yeah. like I mean say what you want but it's you know what is considered the greatest or kindest or most civilized despot to ever exist is the Sultan uh, Saladin mm. uh, during the Second Crusades he was in a modern consensus is that he was the greatest ruler like living under him you had the best quality of life mm. Richard the Lionheart was a fucking monster like, you know what I mean it's like you know <laughs> You get these names like Alexander the Great, mass murderer, but we have roads because of him now. Like yeah. it's, you know, you find out like, well, you can't change yeah. the past, right? You, you so can't. you know, it's like you can, but you can't. Don't ignore the bad. You have to point it out, but you also can acknowledge the good. Yeah, like you what know. came from them, you know, you know, what their accomplishments, you, you know, know, brought to fruit, you know. So. Yeah, and it's like you know, I can't say does the means justify the you know the ends justify the means. No, I, I that, but it's it's really interesting to learn about how these people came to power and what right. then what they did with it. Yeah, you know, it's like the joke is it's Napoleon wasn't French; he was Corsican; he was Italian. You know, but then it's also like ironically during the Napoleonic Wars he was more people um, declared war on him than he declared war on other people. <laughs> it's like, you know... Talk it's, about, you know, like in today's world, Napoleon would get shit on on Twitter, you know? You know, it's like they always <laughs> say, you know, oh, you know, it's like never invade Russia, right? Well, it's like Hitler was a fucking monster, but it's like he had to, and he had no oil. Yeah. You know, it's like Napoleon had to. You know, the Tsar Alexander kind of slapped him in the face, and he's like, all right, well, now i got to raise an army, you know? But it's like, but yeah, so if I had to pick, it's definitely the Total War Game series. Say if I had to pick one of those... Um, it would either be the Napoleon, Napoleon one or the Rome one. Very cool. Again, with your love of history, it all That's essentially connects. where it comes from. It all connects. Yeah. All right. So that was a 5-5-5 five, five, five deal. Sorry we don't have any dominoes for you guys, mm-hmm. but that was about it. So I think that's a good note to wrap up on. Absolutely. Yeah. I think we're running a little long today, but... Um, I think yeah. we talked a lot about so it. So I hope some of these 5-5-5, five, 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 some people actually get to experience yeah, some yeah. of these things. These are more, not only to tell what we kind of like, but hopefully stuff that you can check out if you haven't already. Absolutely. Well, well guys, thanks for hanging in with us, and uh, we'll see you next time. All right, guys. Take care. Later. Later.